Oh, you know what? I want to try something. Uh, oh. Through Discord. How do you do it? I'm going to see if I can share my screen. Shall Shall we uh, stop recording? While no, we no, no. This is, this is fine. It doesn't really matter. I'll edit it. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, go live. Okay. I can see... Ooh, it looks like a hex editor or something cool. Nice. Okay, great. I'm going to show... I'm going to... I'll, I'll edit this into the podcast, but I'll show you what I spent my day doing today. <laughs> oh, this is the Lavender Twine theme, isn't it? Isn't it? Lavender yeah, Twine? yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to kill yourself yet? <laughs> I definitely feel very, very spooked. I feel like at any moment a photorealistic uh, Pikachu is going to appear on my screen with, like, bloody eyes or something. <laughs> and I'm going to be very startled. It's Vectorman. Welcome back. Uh, that's right. We're back. We're back recording, and it's only been a two-week break uh, instead of... Uh, God! <laughs> I know. We're recording within a period... At a period of time lesser than the absolute maximum amount of time that we have allocated ourselves. <laughs> Quite the professionals. Yes, and it's time for follow-up. Uh, so first on my list, which probably might be on your list too, but uh, just, just because I... Heard it again on editing, and also in the episode, I made a big fucking stink, a wobble about it. Like, is that right? Is that okay? Just fact checking on that Yakuza like a dragon info uh, from last last episode. It did not come out this year. It came out last year. It came out worldwide last year, November tenth, twenty twenty. It came out in Japan in January twenty twenty, uh, and I knew something was wrong because. It had made the top five of zero punctuations year-end list, and something in my head was screaming at me in that moment, but I couldn't place. I just, like, deferred and said, information must be correct. He's looking at Google. But it is out this year on next-gen consoles, and that's on PC in Japan. It was out on PC. Uh, so that's, that's why it's getting a little bit of crossover there. But, uh, Hence the confusion. That, yeah. that, that, that definitely was one of those facts where I was saying to myself, I should probably look this up upon re-listening, but I <laughs> never got right to it. So I'm glad that you were the one to bring it to my attention. Rest assured, listeners, upon this recording <laughs> session ending, I will promptly lean over and begin with a pair of pliers peeling my toenails out one at a time until I feel like enough punishment has been inflicted. <laughs> That's all I ask. Uh, any follow-up, Lawrence? Uh... Besides what you've already brought up, not really. Uh, I do. We could probably talk a little bit about our Vectorman Live segment that we finished. We should do that. Uh, hey, it's the first segment of Vectorman Live on the podcast. That isn't Darmelo. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, even then, we we stopped doing that for a couple of weeks just to record the podcast on Vectorman Live. So it's been it's been a hot damn month or two without. Uh, Without a single mention of the Twitch channel, hey, we're we're back at it in in small doses. And uh, just this week, we played Talisman Digital Edition, as famously mentioned by Lawrence in his segment last week. Mm-hmm. Has anti influenced. <laughs> 
So, um, how did how did you how did the uh, the experience broaden for you playing with others, non AI players? Uh, it it did soften the sting a little bit. I will say that much. Mm. Uh, I suppose I should get. Yeah, uh, I'll say that for the later. Or something I was gonna do like the jokey bit, but I'll do that later. Okay, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's a uh, best enjoyed. I think the optimal experience with uh, more human players, the better. Mm. I mean, obviously that goes without saying, but with this game in particular, it feels particularly true. It's almost because, like it's uh, a real life board game that's supposed to be played with human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, oh. I feel like uh, when when Lee steals all my things from me basically scream me and eliminating my chances of winning uh it's not as bad as when the the faceless dispassionate machine yeah 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 especially yeah if it it gets that dice roll that lands on all your shit and just yanks it all away it almost Mm -hmm. you can't help but like you can't help but hear your brain as it screams this shit is rigged Meanwhile, when the same thing happened to me in Talisman and I lost all my, or my all my shit was dropped, I was turned into a frog. Uh, you tried to get it, and your dice rolls didn't give you shit. You got back four back to back ones, uh, yeah, <laughs> which was wonderful. And that's how you know that's the beauty of it. That shit couldn't be rigged because a human being was involved. <laughs> Uh, I have to Maybe say, the forces of the universe conspired to screw me yeah, over. Yeah, almost it was rigged in that sense. I have to say, I came out of the experience of us playing this absolutely enthralled with Talisman. I've always had a um, above average tolerance for Monopoly, um, so it made no difference whatsoever. Once I finally got my head around what the, what the hell was happening in the game and the general ebb and flow of how it a game is supposed to go, and just how fucking brutal it is. The moment I actually came to... Completely merciless. The moment I came to terms with that, I started really enjoying it, and uh, I have to say, in the last week since we played, uh, I have have played the game for at least another four or five hours. I have not completed a single other game, because playing with the AI, as you... um, sort of made clear is an abominable chore it's a, it's a it's a it's a percolation of contempt and huge and hatred in the heart yeah that's all it is it's really uh it's 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 kind of like um playing chess against computers except you're playing chess simultaneously with six other computer five other computers and there's not even the possibility of like self-improvement like there would be with chess with the talisman <laughs> it's just it says, "Hey, do you remember snakes and ladders <laughs> yeah, on like yeah. the nineteen? There's a, on the ninety-nine square mark. There's always a snake that goes all the way back to like that's the first right, row. That's right. That's uh, right. It's weird. Feels how... a lot like that. Feels a lot like that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, yeah, it's absolutely the the brutal heart heartache of a leader in Ludo." Unable to, <laughs> to claim victory. I uh, I appreciate getting your second opinion on this game, Lee. That's partially the reason why I invited you to play it the mm-hmm. other day. It's uh, I uh, I, it was definitely very much a hey Reddit. You know, I really like my husband. He's been treating really well, but uh, every Friday night he comes home drunk and beats me around the head. Am I in an abusive relationship? Yes or no? And it's, uh, it turns out kind of might be in this situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Except. <laughs> your your Reddit friend comes in saying it's okay as long as he beats me too. <laughs> uh-huh. 
it just shows how much he cares about you that he gets so emotional. That's all. Oh, jeez. Uh, I, I, I feel that um, I'm actually intrigued, almost uh, on the verge of investing in a, a physical copy of Talisman. I feel like I feel like that would be a smart decision. I yeah. feel like that would be more enjoyable than the digital <laughs> yeah. version. I feel like if you can find the right people, the people who have got nothing to do with their day, like just like I just want to commit four hours to nothing. You have a drink, you chill out, and you you pick up a card. Up, oh, it's it's a it's a fucking dragon. You're fucked for the next three mm-hmm. rounds. Yeah, like, friends, but not close enough friends that you wouldn't be choked up if you had to part with them for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, you need to keep an arm's length because you're going to probably rob them of all their shit somewhere down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's 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 a lot there in the physical space that I could see being quite enjoyable about Talisman. I could see you now why it has survived all these like what it was 1987 or something. This game first came out. It has no, survived word for it. quite a long while. So. uh yeah, I can see why when I go into my local nerd shop, it's still being sold. It's still front row and center, nestled right next to the D and D stuff because they know you might confuse them, or your dad might come in to try and buy you that latest book, or some models mm-hmm. and accidentally pick up talisman, and uh, that's how they get you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was our Fact Man Live show. Mm-hmm. Listener, if you would like to see me and Lee play that game for two hours only to just spend the last 40 minutes just floundering, unable to do anything as the AI just stays and wins over and over and over, being handed every possible convenience it could, every inconvenience just completely ignored, and as we just cry and gnash our teeth just waiting to die... Tune in to Vectorman Live at <laughs> twitch.tv. That's twitch.tv forward slash Vectorman Live. I, I feel like what was worse, and we got dealt a mercy blow there at the very end, was uh, you were out. You were out of the game, and you had to mm-hmm. just watch me play. And in, a, in the physical space, one can just then turn on a PlayStation in the back of the room and entertain themselves or while everybody else finishes the game. Go get a beer yeah. or something. On Vectorman Live, you are chained to your commitments, Lawrence. Yeah. I'm, get- I'm getting the full Monopoly experience. Did you get knocked out halfway through and have to... And there's no way <laughs> yeah. back in? Well, you just gotta sit there and you're, take You're it. on a country holiday with your family and you have nowhere else to go, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got nothing left to do but sit there and provide snide commentary for those who are still at the table. (laughs) So, Lawrence, what have you been up to this episode? Hmm, okay, so my capital W week. Mm. Uh, I'll do the game in just a sec that I played. But I wanted to talk about something else. I was wondering, like, this is technically something I watched, and it wasn't a movie, it was another, I guess, content provider's material. Oh my. Which, uh, but, <laughs> Our uh, competition. I know, I know. I was <laughs> considering whether or not to bring it up, but we did bring up Tim Rogers last time, and that seemed to go over well, so maybe I'll do the same okay. here. Uh, alright. Do you watch the streamer Jerma at all? I don't believe so. Uh... You know, my my problem with my my viewing habits is that I have the same content providers 
subscribe to because I'm an old hand that still subscribes to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, the problem is then at some point I just it starts recommending me stuff. It's that late night YouTube. If you've ever seen uh, internet internet comment adequate etiquette. I've I haven't watched enough of him to say, but yes, I know the per- I know the guy you're talking about. Yeah, he does an episode on uh, late night YouTube, and that happens to me at least once a week, every week, where I just go down a rabbit hole, watch a bunch of shit. So I'm not sure. I can't give an affirmative until I've googled them. Uh, how do you spell Germa? Uh, J E R M A. Just I could have sworn there was going to be a H in there. No, I haven't. I haven't at all. I see uh, streams Sonic, or no, the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020, and there's a thumbnail Sonic, so I'm already on board. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you would like Jerma. He he has a very schizophrenic oh, energy. I've seen this guy in the news, though. He's the guy who did the Sims thing on Twitch. Yes, this is what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Sims, Jerma is kind of deranged in a pleasing Willy Wonka kind of way. Uh-huh. And uh, a plan that he had always talked about but never really got the chance to execute was uh, his idea of a real-life Sims experiment, <laughs> where what he's done is that he's got a set, he's p- shelled out to have a set in some warehouse somewhere. Uh-huh. He's built a, like a, you know, a 1950s suburbanite white picket fence, like default house. Uh, it's only two rooms, like a big living room, a garden, and a bathroom. He's placed himself in this room with a bunch of cameras with like overhead and uh, a bunch of actors to play various other characters. <laughs> and he's basically serious? put himself at the mercy of his chat in some in in a, a sort in of a simulated Twitch game. In a Twitch plays Pokemon kind of sense. Yeah, in a tw- Twitch plays Germa. It's basically what it is. <laughs> Germa's dollhouse, I think, is what he's, is what he's called it. This, I mean, I'm sure it's he's, just like Twitch plays Pokemon. They, he, he's probably done some raw idea of what it's going to play like. Turns out people on Twitch are monsters and then introduces some sort of diplomacy to make it function. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the way that it's set up, I was there for the first dream, but not the, the second and third one. Apparently things really kick off there. Okay. Uh, uh, the, way, the way it was set up is that, uh, you know, there's the interface with his face and all the meters saying hunger, hygiene, fun, uh, what was the other one? Sleep. And uh, I guess there's a little money to show how much money there is remaining simoleons or whatever it was pronounced. Uh-huh. Uh, they would every once in a while a prompt would come up on screen. Well, he's you know he's down there in the house, you know, improving and pretending to be an NPC at the mercy of powers beyond his ken. And uh, every once in a while, uh, a little interference to come saying, "Oh, what do you want German to do? Shall he work out? Shall he go to the shower? Shall he go to work? Shall he prepare food? Things like that." And then uh, a vote would happen based on uh, how many people in chat selected each one. Uh Uh-huh. And then uh, he would have to do that thing no matter how unhappy he may be about it. (laughs) Uh, Rest assured, uh, within the first stream, you know, they they didn't buy a mattress for him. He was, like, just falling asleep on the floor because his energy bar got too low. (laughs) He's, uh, the toilet broke. So he had to call like a, a plumber, and whilst the plumber was there, they ordered him to take a shower in the same room that the plumber was trying to fix the toilet. And he was just screaming, "Don't look! Don't look! Just look the other way! Look the other way!" <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and uh, between whenever he passed out, or between uh, you know intervals where he has to go to work or he has to leave the house to exercise uh-huh. or something like that, uh, they would be prompted to use the money that was available to buy things for him, be it furniture. Or uh, knickknacks, or food, 
or things like that. So uh, they would waste the money on things like, oh, we bought a, like a, a dirty mattress for you to sleep on uh-huh. and uh, no covering for it. So there you go. You've got a dirty mattress now. They would buy, uh, oh, yeah, uh, at one point his fun meter was getting really, really low. So he was just like boohooing and being really upset and getting really mad at the, the, the chat. So they just called in clowns to come to his house and just start like blowing, you know, in his face and like going through his fridge and bouncing <laughs> on his dirty mattress. And it brought up his fun meter, but it basically resulted in him having to leave to go to work whilst leaving these ho- clowns in his house. Oh my god. Like they, he just abandoned the house to the clowns completely. Literally, the clowns were sent in. They sent in the clowns. <laughs> I can't believe this. I, I, I almost, I have too many questions. I, uh, but the thing that I kind of wanted to know, uh, what you've addressed, was that how how was it structured? Because in my head, people would immediately try to burn down his house, and I, I because that's the Sims meme. Uh, yeah, I definitely thought to myself, how long before they try to kill him? Yeah, or how long before he shits himself on stream? <laughs> or how long before they buy a swimming pool, get him into the swimming pool, and then sell Shit. the ladders leading out of the swimming pool? <laughs> Right. Apparently, he does buy a pool in the second stream. Oh, I haven't watched the second stream uh-oh. yet. <laughs> there is apparently there is an escalation, although I haven't been privy to it just yet. I'm still catching up. It's like thirteen uh, hours this, of footage. This is good. This is good timing because you've let me in, and it's been a while since I've had any homework, Lawrence. <clears throat> cough, cough. Mm-hmm. You know I don't yeah, value so you, my time. <laughs> you, you could you could consider this homework if you like uh, the. The first few recordings of the stream have been uploaded. There's one with the overlay and one without the overlay. Uh, <laughs> you know, obviously it's not live anymore, so you can't influence it. But uh, you can. I would advise watching the overlay one because it gives you an idea of the options that were presented to the. Yeah, chat I, I'm not. I'm not taking improv cast, <laughs> a class. I uh, I don't need to watch a man just respond to random information no one can see. Actually, that seems to be Germa's forte. Most of his streams, even when he's just playing video games, you can't see chat. So, uh, you, but you can see his face. So he'll glance over the chat and he'll go, what's that? You want me to kill the old lady? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And then he'll be unable to contain himself. Like, he almost <laughs> has Tourette's, but not quite. Oh, yeah. He has, like, chat Tourette's. It's or like, just you, OCD. You, ever get in, you ever get intrusive thoughts? <laughs> Where you're like, you're walking over a bridge and you think to yourself, man, how far could I throw my house keys if I just like threw my house keys across this bridge? Everybody this gets how intrusive far I get? thoughts. This is how I have to, I have to clarify that now so that we're not put on a list for admitting it. Uh-huh. So, uh, Germa, it's like, you can't see chat, but he can see chat. So it just seems like he's getting nonstop intrusive thoughts <laughs> all the time, telling him to just do like all give right. in to your worst all impulses. Right. So he's got like multiple personality syndrome or whatever it's called these almost, days. Almost, al- almost feels like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, th- this just seems like that taken to its natural conclusion, where his actions are literally dictated. No, no, uh, you don't get to take a shower. I don't care if your hygiene meter is at the lowest <laughs> and you're complaining about how you're sweating through your clothes. Uh, you're going to work now. And when he's working, is he just editing videos or does he actually leave the house? 
he leaves the house and then a, a transition happens. Like, uh, I I suspected at the time whilst I was there, there was a little bit of rigging happening. Because, you know, obviously with the votes, they can sort of tinker with the numbers to get a certain outcome. Oh, yeah. I don't think they did it a lot. But there were some times where it was like, no, for real, like, we, we need to... <laughs> you need to let him shower. <laughs> you you need to, like... I don't think he's he's not actually, like... He presumably he showered and ate and slept before coming to the studio, so like it's mostly just role play. But sure. even so, he's a good enough actor. H- but how it's still long pretty was funny. the stream? Uh, I know there's about thirteen hours worth of Wait, I'm uh, on the page. content I there. I can check. You can. Uh, day one. You're in the field right now. Okay. Yes. Each stream was about. The first stream was nearly three hours long. The second stream was about five hours long. The third stream was almost six hours long. Jesus Christ, it really, really just keeps on going up. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's great. That's great that he had um, sort of, they, they, he, he had the sense to curtail the amount of options that the audience had to pick from, from I think, uh, much to Twitch plays Pokemon's de- detriment, and also to the idea of not burning down your house and or set or whatever you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, best to give the audience only a number of options to deal with. This uh, this isn't the first time he's done something like this. I think it's about the second time. Like the first, the last time I saw him doing a live stream, he was out in the desert in the middle of fucking nowhere, like digging up rocks, looking for gems in like a desert somewhere, and he was live streaming it. And he would just take rocks out of the ground and crack them up and go and see. Oh, what have I find? Have I find a? Have I found jewels? Have I find an old copy of ET for the Atari Twix Hundred? What have I got out here? And then he would just bring it in to some evaluator who would just tell him that it was all worthless and he wasted all of his time. <laughs> Germ is pretty good. It's mostly just video game content. I might be overselling him here, but it's it's he's a distinct personality. I like him a lot. That's fine. That's all it needs to be, and uh, it's it's also acceptable content. This is Factorman. We don't have we don't have a, a high bar, a low bar. Last week we talked about rock and rule. <laughs> uh-huh. Not for the game I actually played the, during my week. Uh, I played drum roll, something that had been on the list for a while. I hadn't really considered whether or not I was going to bother playing this game, but <laughs> the mind worms ran out, and uh, I thought, ah, why not? I mean, it has to be good what at the, least. What the fuck are mind worms? Sorry, brain worms. My mistake. Uh, I played Fallout, a post-nuclear RPG. Ooh, the original. The original. Uh, Couldn't just play three, started three like a normal person. I had to go for the original. Have you never played? Is this your first Fallout game? This is my first Fallout game. Wow, well done, because you've ruined the rest. (laughs) Uh, So, so. first of all, let me just say, uh, I like the name to this game, Fallout a post-nuclear RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very humble name. I feel like these days they would have called it the post-nuclear RPG, Ooh. full of hubris. Ooh. But uh, no, they were like, no, this is just one of many. I mean, the Wasteland series had already been a thing before this came out, so I guess they didn't want to get... It, it would have looked a bit too... Yeah, they they, did, they, they didn't want to invite a schooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, this is my first Fallout game. It's untainted by the, the later ones in the series, other than like some of the footage I've seen of New Vegas and Three, I guess. The Hitch Bomber guy videos. <laughs> yes, yeah, basically, that's basically <laughs> it. So, uh, first of all, this game is quite short, relatively speaking. Hmm. Uh, 
I know I've said that before and it's been a little bit longer than I thought, so I'm just going to check. Fallout 1. I'm going to go in the Steam here and take a look. I'm going to use my powers of whatever the opposite of clairvoyance is and say 94? 48.8. Oh, fuck. I thought we were talking about the year it came out. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the playtime. I'm going to say the year was 94. <laughs> I have no idea. You're really not going to... All right, I'll look it up then. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> 97. Fuck. Anyway, so... This game is quite short. Uh, I finished it in about, uh, according to Steam, 49.8 hours. That's, 48.8 that's hours. not short at all. <laughs> it is for CRPG standards. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, if I were to look at, say, for instance, Pillars of Eternity, which is quite long even for that genre. Let's see here. Just as a point of comparison. That was 140 hours. And that's including the DLC. So, you know, obviously that was broken up a little bit by time. No, the reason why I say this is short is because this game is obviously unfinished. Oh, really? Yes, this is very much a... They were running out of time and budget, Mm. so they just needed to kick it out as soon as they could. Uh, Because uh, there are... Boy, the retro jank amnesia for this game, to coin a phrase from a dear friend of mine, (laughs) is just uh, crazy. Like, uh, some quest lines just don't go anywhere. Some, you know, some uh, sub-quest lines just don't go anywhere. Some of them, like... Uh, wait, 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 just... wait. It's not retro-drank... It's retro-drank paranoia, isn't it? Retro-drank paranoia, not that I'm using my mistake. Yeah, because uh, you will need to save scum in this game. Oh, right, yeah. You will need to save scum, save scum like fuck, because uh, some sub-quests just don't go anywhere. <laughs> some of them do go somewhere, but only if you do a very specific thing in a very awkward manner like uh, at one point uh at one point i i like went back to a quest giver at a very specific point in a sub quest to find that they were just dead on the floor oh, no. and then i left and then continued doing the quest and then i came back and they were just fine like like nothing had ever happened they just came back uh, at one point uh, i was in a central trade area uh, and there was this gangster who wanted me to do some un- dirty deals done dirt cheap for him. And I-, I was fine with doing this because the people he was sending me the bump off weren't very good themselves. There was like a a water baron and a cultist, a cult leader, respectively. Mm. Uh, and uh, I was like, all right, fine. You know, I'll go do that. So uh, I went to go kill off the first person and I did. And I came back. But uh, because I had in some way earned the ire of an NPC on the other side of the the town that was apparently a friend of his because I had done something to annoy them, I guess. Maybe I spoke to them one too many times with, like, a weapon in my primary slot mm. and that annoyed them. They just wouldn't let me in to see him. Oh, and uh, that quest line was just completely orphaned and that was so many saved slots ago that I just figured, eh, I don't want to. I don't want to be bothered with this. So I just went to the cops and snitched on him super hard, and we raided his place and <laughs> killed him. Jeez, well, I gave you no option. Mm-hmm. Your only I, I other did. option is to go straight to the cops. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I, I suppose if you're one of the people listening to this podcast who doesn't know what Fallout is, I may as well just break it down for you, right? Sure. Uh, Fallout is just a. It's a RPG set in a wide open world that's set in the alternative future where the cold war went hot and uh, everything's been reduced to a blasted irradiated wasteland and you're running around doing quests in the uh, the embers of civilization trying to pick up the pieces after the nuclear holocaust right 
Where 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 is the first game set exactly? Do you know? It is set in the same setting as New Vegas. It's set on the West Coast in California. Oh, that's neat. Didn't know that. California and Nevada, I suppose. That sort yeah, of general yeah. area. You know, to be fair to the save scumming thing that you mentioned, by the way, at the time, that was kind of a feature, not a bug. <laughs> uh, today, we've grown to see it as something of cumbersome game design but then something to be denegrated but yeah, back then it they was played hard the into it time. yeah very much so so uh this it, in 1997 this could almost be deemed cutting edge design <laughs> no i uh i haven't played the other ones so i don't know what their plot is like but i liked one thing i did like about this is that the plot is very i don't want to say low stakes but it's very personal stakes mm. like in oblivion it's like oh you gotta save the world from the gates of hell being opened or for skyrim it's like oh dragons are yeah, coming world's to... gonna end yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. for fallout one for fallout one it's hey our nuclear vault that we've all been living in so we don't have to deal with all the nuclear fallout outside uh yeah the chip for our water filter is broken <laughs> and we can't fix it so you're gonna have to go out there and find us a new one can you do that for us and you've got a, a timer of i want to say 100 is it 150 days? Might be less than that. I think it's like 100 days to go out and find a new one. So uh, your quest is timed. Oh, wow. There's a hard timer. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, the way that the story unfolds from there feels very natural. It's like, okay, well, uh, you've been told by the overseer of your vault that there's another vault a, a, a distance east, vault 15. So you've got a point to work with. So you go over in that direction, like uh, time passes in the overworld. It's like a big map and you travel through the map and time passes in the over as you do so. And uh, so you head in that direction and then you stop halfway through because you've hit your first town. And like, what's this place? Oh, it's a town. It's a settlement. You know, they're trying to make do in the desert. You know, you, you get your first few side quests. You learn some information about uh, the, the settlements down south, like the trading hub I mentioned earlier. Mm. And uh, some of the world, and you go, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, you go to the vault, and you explore it, and uh, you might you need rope. So you go, all right, well, I don't have any rope, so I might need to go back to the, the settlement previously. And you go, where can I get rope? And they go, go to the trading hub. So you go to the trading hub, and all the while, you're, like, bartering with people, and you're trying to get information. And, like, uh, you're under a time pressure, so you're very focused in your objectives. So it all feels very natural like yeah. the progression of how things are going Feels streamlined the, almost I, I, well, I wouldn't go i would that's not a word i would use for this game <laughs> okay. in particular for reasons that will become clear shortly but uh you go to the trading hub and you go oh i don't have any money so you do some like uh you you stick around with some caravans doing trade missions across the the desert in order to get up enough money in order to buy equipment and rope and then you go back to the vault to get the rope you go down you fight some enemies some mutated enemies you go down to where the water trip would be and there's not what there, there isn't one there it's not there so you have to explore even more spoilers it's not there but you should go in there anyway because at that point in the game uh it's good experience and you get you can rifle for in for loot and sh sure. stuff like that so then you got to go back to the hub ask around you know, over the over the course of you doing this you're learning more and more about the world about the people there about the politics 
they might go, go to this location and uh, you'll go there and you'll explore and you'll see, oh, there might be a vault here. So you might find a water chip, you ask around, et cetera, et cetera. It all feels very natural. Mm-hmm. It feels like uh, you're not being railroaded, but you are being gently guided in such a way so that you spread out. Uh, of course, there is a hard time limit. Yeah. So you, uh, there will come a time where you're under a lot of pressure. And it's like, okay, no, for real, if I don't do yeah, this I don't press like 50 on. days, every, <laughs> the game is going to end and, I'm, and uh, I'm going to presumably die and get a game over. So, like, I can't fuck around. You, you're, you're under pressure. Mm. Yeah, you can't relax at your own pace mm-hmm. to explore at your own pace, which is good and bad in equal measure. Especially because, and this is one problem, one really big fat fucking problem I have with this game, which is it has an equipment load that is way too strict. Uh. Like, uh, I didn't pick an especially weak character. I picked, like, the chunky boy the diplomatic character who can like talk his way out of any conversation oh, like okay. and he has a high intelligence oh, you tried, you tried not, to be smart <laughs> well i mean he's not weak that's the for, thing he was pretty average in the strength stat yeah it's a very uh tabletop system for allocating stats if you've played D, you know the score i think it's based on gurps but the they're originally going to use gurps system the tabletop system but uh they couldn't get the rights because steve jackson wouldn't let them have it so they just uh they made their own system the special system yes which stands for something strength uh perception it's still in the games today anybody from who's played a fallout game will kind of recognize it from the start of each game yes so the uh the loot system in this game is ridiculous because you're going to be over encumbered. Mm-hmm. You will. It'll just go like my least favorite thing about this game is that I find a whole bunch of tasty loot and I go, <laughs> oh, fantastic. And there goes, you can't carry this. It's too heavy. And this will happen all the time. Inventory management in this game is a fucking nightmare because it's old and the interface is terrible. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I know what I'll do. I'll get a whole bunch of companions and then I will give the items to my companions and have them act as my pack mules. And then I will go back to town and trade it all in to get a whole bunch of money. Hmm. And I thought it was very clever, but there's no... The companion system in this game is underbaked as hell. It's like, this is never one of those they ran out of money. They thought it was a good idea, so they implemented it, but then they ran out of time and money, so they just sort of left it in. Uh, You can't access your companion's loadout. Oh, no. No, you and every NPC in this game, you can barter with them. So you can give them like first aid in exchange for money or vice versa or bullets or guns or things like that. It this And your NPC companions are the same deal. So a situation will arrive where because I can't freely back and forth give between my companions, I need to fucking barter with them <laughs> for money to give them back the items that I gave to them for free earlier on during the looting run. And this... I don't care for this at all. Why am I fucking negotiating with these people? You're my peons. You're not real people. Wow, I've never like, heard would, of a system I, I like would, that. Ever. No, like, uh, I would barter with them and I would go, okay, here's a free submachine gun. Here's a free bit of armor. And here's some free ammo because I don't have space to carry it. And then I'll get back to the trading hub and I'll be and I'll need to get it off of them. So I'll be like, hey, can I have that back? And they go, that's not a fair deal. Like, all this stuff for nothing? I'm not going to do that. I'm like, you motherfucker, I gave this to you for free. I, 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 I'm giving you... I could sense that uh, somebody might argue, just like when playing Resident Evil, that you're cramped, horribly constrictive uh, 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 load 
is only to engage and or further the simulation of the of the genre you're playing. You're in the wasteland. You you would think so, but the economy for this game is highly exploitable. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, let me break it down for you. Let me teach you the Fallout hustle. Uh, uh, Rise and grind, Sigma Males. I'm about to show you the fucking Sigma hustle. Jeez. <laughs> okay, so first of all... Uh, I bitched and moaned about like my companions asking for money mm-hmm. in order to give me back the things. But if you're, bar- you should pump your barter skill, pump your barter skill to like ninety percent. You know, I've I realized once I got it high enough that like uh, I made a mistake right where I sold something that I didn't want to sell, so I bought it back and I realized wait a minute did I just get more money from selling something to him and then buying it back? <laughs> Ooh. Couldn't I just do this over and over and over and then just make a profit? I, I could do that. I didn't want to because it would break the game. But I was like, huh, this seems exploitable. So I later realized that uh, if I just give the money to my companions to get back the items that I gave to them, the amount of money that I would make from selling it to the hub was like so much greater. So it didn't matter. All it did was hurt my feelings that they would treat me this way. I've been so good to you. <laughs> Do you know how many times I re- reloaded a save just to make sure you didn't fucking die? You ungrateful wretches. I can't believe this shit. Anyway, I'm still a bit better about that. Mm. Especially the fucking dog. You know, dog meat. Dog meat is in this uh, game. Sure, He's your sure. dog companion. Uh-huh. He's in fo- He's in all the future ones as well. He's in four. I know Definitely at the very four, least. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and one last thing about the companions. Actually, I'll probably bitch about them later, but uh, <laughs> the companions, you can't walk through them. Oh no, classic. The doors classic. in this game are one square or one cube thick. So if you go into a room <laughs> and your companions stand in the doorway, you can't get past them. Can, you have to write, can you, okay, can you I'm get soft locked f- into, into a room? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> So one one of like uh, ordinarily it doesn't happen where you can just go further into the room and they'll follow you into the room and then you have yeah, to like do, circuitously do, like, like uh, what, what what do you call loop do loop to get out yeah, yeah. the hokey pokey uh, at, at one point I entered a room and spoke to an NPC and then the NPC said okay uh, we can't talk here though follow me and they fo- they left tried to leave the room but they couldn't get past because my companion was in the way. <laughs> And I couldn't do the thing where I do the loop-de-loop to let my companion get into the room so that they can make way because they were being blocked by the NPC that was trying to leave the room. So we had this unstoppable force meeting an immovable object and I had to reload the save because I had soft-locked and I couldn't get out. I was trapped. That's mad. Not without, like, killing the NPC, which I obviously didn't want to do. But you could. I don't hear you singing enough praises of the... Of the ability to shoot your way out of any scenario. What a perfect role-playing uh, game, Lawrence. <laughs> also, uh, like there are very clearly parts of the game where they weren't designed with the companions being there in mind. Sure. Like there are stealth segments later in the game where you can only go into an area in a disguise alone, or else the uh, they'll go, "Hey, wait a minute, who's are all these people with you?" and then light you up. So. What they want you to do is say to the companions, wait here and I'll come back later. And then you can enter on your own, right? Except dog meat can't be told to wait because he's a fucking dog. He'll follow you no matter wherever. And so he'll enter the the danger area with your disguise and they'll go, hey, whose dog is this? And then just <laughs> combat will immediately commence. And there's no way to do that 
without Dogmeat being already dead at that point, because the only way for Dogmeat to stop following you once you get him is for him to be dead. So, Lawrence, did you kill Dogmeat to get this mission complete? No, I didn't. I just swallowed my my immersive sim RPG instincts and just went, I want this dog to live, damn it. <laughs> so I just went in guns blazing instead of the stealth approach. I've never been more cultist proud. Assholes anyway. They were cultist assholes anyway, so I didn't feel sure. terribly bad about them. Companions start off very useful because uh, their weapons are normally better than sure. yours and their armor is starts off better than yours. But the later in the game that you get, there's no way to upgrade their armor. Uh, and uh, you can give them a weapon and hope that they will swap to the better one at some point later. But uh, that's no guarantee uh, because uh, you can't tell them to unequip their current weapon. So it'll just be a, a, a crap throw, a crap, you know, throwing dice on whether or not they actually upgrade their weapon. So eventually you'll get to the end game where you're fighting significantly stronger enemies. And uh, if you're if you're not if you're not building, being the bullet sponge, taking all the damage in those encounters, <laughs> they're just going to die in droves. And uh, I don't want them to die in droves because they're carrying all my shit. Lee. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I don't have the inventory space to pick up that shit. And uh, they don't level up either, so they just become a massive hassle later on in the game. Man, it sounds like uh, you have a lot of qualms with your experience with Fallout. I was kind of expecting a far more straightforward, it was mostly good, here are some qualms. I appreciate that you're gently trying to usher me towards talking about the things about this game that I liked, <laughs> but I'm not fucking done bitching yet, Lee. <laughs> no, I was, I'm genuinely voicing my surprise. Yeah, this could be it for the end of... The, this could be the entirety as far as I'm concerned. I have no idea. One thing you do have to manage is the amount of ammunition that your companions have. You have to give them ammo, because if they run out of ammo, then they'll just run in and start hitting the enemies with melee, which is troubling if you use explosives, because you'll just kill them. Explosives will just kill your comrades. If you use a automatic weapon which fires th more than, like, you know, like, three shots at once... Uh, if your stats aren't high enough, it'll it could very easily hit your companions <laughs> wow. and kill them. <laughs> I guess that's teaching you real applications for these weapons, but there's a time and a place, guys. Come on. If you don't know how to hold and use an automatic weapon before you try, you might just fire wildly everywhere and shoot someone you know. Mm -hmm. uh, at one point, I discovered that somebody was a cannibal. Uh, and then in they were crew? in cahoots with, not in my crew, but uh, in the, like an NPC in the game. Like, I tried to out that guy. <laughs> uh huh. They were in cahoots with somebody else in a different town, so I tried to go to the police in the other town to report him, and it wouldn't let me do it. I could blackmail him for money, but uh, that loses me karma. Apparently, they were going to implement a quest line where you could turn him in, but they didn't have enough time, so that quest line just ends. <laughs> wow. Just. Hey, that's uh, in uh, a. In, in a novel. <laughs> Somebody could win an award for an ending like that. <laughs> you just uh, put uh, up with the existence or get paid by the existence of a cannibal. Stealth and diplomacy in this game is incredibly unclear, necessitating safe, safe scums a lot. Like, uh, at one point, I'll, you know, I'll be in an enemy base, and my charisma is really high, my intelligence is really high, so I can just bluff my way through. But, uh, like, 
it's like a fi- I'm pretty sure they're rolling the dice every time I talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I might be like getting, oh, 80% chance every, every time, but then I'll roll the 20 fail chance. And then they'll just be like, hey, wait a minute. I suddenly realized that you're an enemy. Open fire. And then they'll fight upon me. And I'm like, oh, well, great. That's always fun. Uh, same with stealth. Uh, the, uh, let's see, what else? Fuck, there's so many things for me to bitch and moan about for this game. You don't even believe, Lee. Like, uh, I mentioned my inventory management is a nightmare. Uh-huh. Uh, there's <laughs> a late times. game dungeon. There's a late game dungeon in this game called the Glow. Okay. Uh, and the the Glow is just an exercise in tantalizing you because there is an incredible amount of highly valuable, useful shit in there, but you can't hold any of it. By the time uh, you get to that in the game, you already have your preferred loadout, and you're just like optimizing it. So like uh, your inventory is going to be like two thirds of the way full anyway. So you'll get in there, you'll get like a couple of good items, and then you'll run out of inventory space. And then the moment you look in the next locker, it's just end game weapon, incredibly high stats, end game weapon, end game weapon. Uh, This is for the heavy weapons. This is for the rifles. This is for the handguns. These are all great. I can't hold any of them. So you could naturally go back and forth between the dungeon and the hub area to sell them off, come back, you know, it'll be a huge pain in the ass and a waste of time, but you'll mm. do it. Except you can't do that because the main quest for this game is on a timer. Of course, and you've, so, you've brought it all back now. Enemies don't respawn, so there's no grinding, which is something for which I am very happy. I mean, yes, okay, you could, in theory, go back and forth in the overworld and getting random encounters, but uh, there's no... There's real diminishing returns on that, and again, you have like a time limit preventing you from doing that. Uh, also, this game has no tutorial whatsoever, which for a really old CRPG using like a an apparently new tabletop system mm-hmm. uh, is not great. I, there's a big manual that comes with the physical version of the game that I presume you're supposed to read, but uh, and a, a readme does come with the digital version of the game. But um, I ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> I'm just going to have the wiki open in an alt tab anyway, so I'll just use that. The There's a bit of a clunky interface that takes some getting used to. Like uh, It's very much like a, like a tactics game where once combat is initiated, moving a single hex takes up an action point. And uh, every action uses up a certain amount of action points. Sure, yeah. But uh, you need to right-click to cycle between like action types where if you need to move, that's one uh, mouse type, one mouse mode. Right-click if you want to interact with things. Right-click again if you want to be able to attack things. Uh, your very first screen in the game is terrible <laughs> because they just throw you out with no instruction. And there are enemies nearby and they walk up to you and you're like, okay, how do I attack? Uh, I don't know. Let me just experiment. Okay. Uh, how do I equip a weapon? Oh, opening my inventory uses up action points. Uh, okay. That's 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 a pain, but all right, I'll do with that. How do I swap between weapons? There's no like uh, key bindings. I, I, there probably is. I never. I had to look it up. Uh, there's okay. How do I reload guns? Uh, does hitting R do that? Nope, that that doesn't do that. Oh, I need to double click on the item in the interface twice and then left click it. Uh, interesting. Oh, I can go back and forth between the the aimed shot system where you can shoot particular parts of their body for like percentage, but it does more damage if you hit them in the head and things like that. And you're like, oh, oh, like it is 
it it piles a lot on you from the very beginning mm. and expects you to just push you push you in the deep end and just expects you to float. I uh, you know, retro jank paranoia was about not knowing how jank the game was in moment to moment gameplay. This just seems like retro jank, like straight up. <laughs> well, the, the the paranoia comes in because you never know, huh? Maybe I'll do something that'll irritate an NPC and ruin this quest mm, line, yeah, and that'll yeah, be like five hours ago and there's no way that i could <laughs> oh, fix that's it pretty rough you're yeah completely right apparently there is a fan-made mod in the same way that there was for vampire the masquerade bloodlines that fixes a lot of these issues mm. i didn't know about this until about a third of the way through the game and then i discovered to my dismay that saves from that mod are not compatible with the base game so i was stuck i was getting the authentic experience no matter what bucko <laughs> Would you have opted for it had you known in the first place? Yes, I would have done. In the same way that I did for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Oh, yeah. Like I'm all for getting authentic the 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 mod has like options for how authentic do you want this to be? I would have just picked the fix the bugs, fill in the content that was taken out or never got finished and leave nothing else. That's the option that I would have picked. Fair enough. Oh, I, I later I later learned, you know, speaking of things that I learned too late, I also learned that you can pickpocket from your companions to get your stuff back. <laughs> at, Great. But uh, I never put any, I didn't put a lot of stats in the pickpocketing. So How sure ironic. You just told our audience to put all your money into bargaining or bartering. No, bartering is still worth it because it gives you obscene amounts of money. Like by, by the end of the game, back. you'll be swimming in money. <laughs> Like, uh, you reach, you meet the Brotherhood of Steel, this famous Fallout, this famous Fallout faction, sure. the Brotherhood of Steel, uh-huh. here are just like, I guess, a cult worshipping pre-war technology. And, uh, I didn't really give a shit about their ideology, I just want some of that sweet, sweet power armor. Because uh, you want that power armor, because it boosts your stats, including your strength. And uh, that means you can carry more shit, which is the most important okay, thing it, in the does, world. <laughs> does it affect your carry capacity? <laughs> Uh, it it also basically makes you like a god that cannot be touched by any of the mid to early game enemies, and only the late game enemies uh, are a threat to you. Sure. So, uh, and you could also upgrade it later on on a side quest, which makes it even better. Oh my god! And the Brotherhood of Steel are you allow you to if you give them an obscene amount of money and are prepared to wait, like give up like two weeks worth of time, they'll just permanently boost your base stats. So just be like, hey, do you want to improve your intelligence or strength by one? Give us five thousand dollars or like caps. They use caps as currency, and then just the the surgery takes two weeks to recover from. And you're like, ooh, I don't know. I'm on a timer. Is it worth it? You know things like that. Sure. So uh, it's very much choices. It's it's very much in your best interest to seek out the Brotherhood of Steel immediately and just like bullshit your way through their hierarchy. Don't care about your religion, guys. I just want that armor. I just want that armor. Hey, they're on the cover. It's so it's, good. It's uh, kill or be killed in this old wasteland. Uh-huh. I, uh, this game wasn't as funny as I was expecting it to be, oh, which is a strange that is, complaint to have. No, that is actually... I expected it to be fairly jank, but I didn't expect it to not live up to everyone's touted praise for its well, comedic tone. That's... That's one the of the later big games sells. are not necessarily comedic, but they are pretty brisingly satirical. Yeah. 
this game, I guess it is still sat- satirical because you see like old propaganda videos from before the war and you're like, hey, this is kind of crazy, huh? Yeah, every Fallout you- game's like that, though. Well, I mean, yes, this is the first one. It yeah, can be yeah, forgiven that's, for... That's what, uh, what I, what I mean is you can get that sort of base level satire from Fallout 3 and Fallout 3 is not a good game, so... Mm-hmm. But it's uh, it's slightly more modern. modern I guess the tone for this game is listeners. a bit more <laughs> somber. I guess. I mean, the music is certainly very somber. I guess. Uh, I guess the uh, Cold War was a lot more fresh in the day. I suppose that's true. <laughs> you said '97, so the the Berlin Wall had fallen by that point. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So I, I guess that they could go. Woo, man! Remember about five so years ago? We, that was pretty yeah, crazy. Remember we huh? grew up in a bubble of anxiety. Here's to our lost childhoods, clink glass. It's a, it's very, it's a lot more obviously Mad Max inspired. I think that's the obvious point of comparison. Like, obviously the whole 1950s Raygun gothic aesthetic is still there, but it's a lot more obviously Mad Max. I mean, you can get like lever armor that is very clearly just Mad Max's armor. Like his lever jacket. Sure. And and uh, the dog is a reference to Mad Max's Max as dog, well. Yeah. And you can get his gun as well. Cool. Uh, oh, when I, speaking of the somber soundtrack, uh, I'm not sure if this was in the compilation that you and I watched, Lee, but I this is probably the first instance since uh, Marble Hill Zone, or I guess Doom, of me pointing at the screen and going, you fucking stole that, you sons of bitches. <laughs> that song was stolen super hard because... Uh, was it in the complication? Com- the compilation, compilation of stolen video game music that we watched Dude, together? There were like, like eight videos and about 30 tracks apiece. <laughs> There's no way I could keep track of how much. Like, uh, this was, was the most brazen one. Oh, really? Because uh, I, I walked into an area called the Boneyard that is like uh, the, the remains of what was once Los Angeles. And uh, it starts playing this really like creepy ambient track. And about 10 seconds in, I went, wait a minute. This is Grass, the track known as Grass from Aphex Twins' Selected Ambient Works 2, an, a tr- an album that is sitting across from me in my room right now as we speak. My, my. It's not even inspired by, it is it exactly is the track. same. <laughs> it is the same one. I don't Who composed this game? Because you're a hack, sir. You're a hack. It hasn't even got like the the... The Sonic the Hedgehog, oh no, we sampled it or we took inspiration, mm. but we made it our own thing. It is stolen, sir. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. Good day. <laughs> the composer was right, so, Mark Morgan. I'm sorry, Mark. Well, I, I certainly hope he learned his lesson and got better because you can't get away with that shit these days. I know that's not true. That's a lie. You totally can. Yeah. We, we saw on that compilation video that you can totally get away with it these you days. You can rock up to the Olympics with uh, Starlight Zone, which you never wrote. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, so I suppose I can't put it off long enough. It's time to talk about the parts of this game that I actually did enjoy. I appreciate that the... Uh, the grinded tone of this game is such that uh, everything feels very personal stakes. Mm. You know, I mentioned it earlier about how it puts a, a pressure on you to get something done because people back home are relying on you. You know, you're always you always have this clear. It isn't like Skyrim where you know, oh, Alduin is destroying the world, and then you fuck off the in like the woods to hang about with like the thieves guild for like months at a time doing side quests and you just get around to saving the world whenever you want no you're on a time limit you have to like help these people and then uh 
you know, it, it means that uh, you're always exploring and you're always considering, oh, do I have enough time to do this? Yada, yada. There's very, it's, it's a good feeling. It feels like uh, it draws you into the immersion yeah. because you have personal stakes in the plot line. And uh, it means that you're unwilling to be too risky mm. or strike out too far. It makes you risk averse, which I feel like resonates with how your character would be feeling at the time, which is like, you know, you don't want to be endangering yourself unnecessarily because I've got people back home relying on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, it is good. Uh, there are critical hits in this game, and each weapon type has a unique critical hit animation, and I like them. They're uh, very nice and chunky. If you hit somebody with a plasma weapon, uh, they melt and go, ah, in a very uh, doom kind of way. Cool. Uh, you can turn laser weapons, turn them to skeletons. Uh, if you shoot some with a shotgun, like they just blow the pieces. If you have a semi-automatic, they just like blow the like giblets. It's great. <laughs> uh, flame throwers make them run around and like sort of oh I'm on fire animation. Oh, great good, stuff. That's good. It's uh, less great when it's your companions doing it, but hey, whatever. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, 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 we're being, we're being positive. You're in the positive segment. I know, I'm being, I'm being positive. I'm being positive. There's lots of hidden little details in this game. Like uh, if you create a character that has a low intelligence score, you can only talk in drooling idiot speak. Like, uh, uh, water chip. I need water chip for vault. And this limits the amount of quests that you can complete, but it means you get unique dialogue. Like uh, if you get to the final boss of the game, uh, you can't. You just go, oh, you ugly, oh, <laughs> and he goes, why am I even bothered to talk to you? This is a waste of my time, and he just opens fire. That's amazing. Uh, this was, I guess, one of the first games where if you had a high enough charisma or intelligence, there was like a negotiation that you could do to get out of combat, or you could settle quests amicably where everyone's happy and things like that. Or you can play both sides against the other, like factions and things like that, which is kind of taken for granted in CRPGs and I guess immersive sims these days. But it was a new thing back then. Yeah. It was you got to give a credit edge. for that. Almost, almost uh, like my, all these things would be served better in some sort of sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I understand, the sequel improves upon this game in almost every single way. In fact, I do feel inclined to play it. I mean, I have it as uh, well. I, mean, I bought it as like a brainworm. A pack. Brainworm wise, you are invested enough now. You can move on. Oh no 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 no! Lee. That's not how the brainworms work. No no no. If I hate this game, I can just not play the next one. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But alas, alas, I do want to play New Vegas, so that is what is compelling oh, me to play the second one. Hooked. Fortunate, fortunately, uh, the second one apparently improves upon the first one in every single way, so that will be an easier an easier sell. Plus, you've It'll seen what a, these, a more enjoyable. these designers have done later down the line. You talked about tyranny on the show. I mean, you're a fan of uh, uh, Obsidian's work. Who, Did, uh, who have the I same people involved these days, including Fergus Urquhart and Tim Kaine, all of who... He, they are the same producer and same director, but I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to trace a direct correlation of quality all the way from Fallout to Pillars of Eternity. I, w I wouldn't go that far. I'd like The scientist to me... The main like lead the designer of, of Fallout 1, Christopher Taylor, was the lead designer of Pillars of Eternity. So, actually, there's as clear a line as you can make. Well, I guess they got more experienced as time went by. Anyway, <laughs> listen. I'm Anyway, I'll play the second one at some point, but uh, not right now. <laughs> not right now. I need to wash out the taste. 
No, I need to wash out the taste with an actual good game that I'll talk about next episode uh, because I'm not done playing it yet. I'm glad. I'm glad you've already moved on. You're you're already working at something. You're working through something. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm always busy. I gotta get play as many games as I can before the master's degree starts. So I need to get. I, I, I gotta cram it. I gotta cram. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Lee, that was my week. Good. I. You know, have we ever had a, an episode in the show where you were just out and out negative to something? I can't think of any game that you've been out and out negative to. Oh, I was mostly bitching about this game, but it was not an out and out uh, I mean, but that's it's just beyond that, uh, compare play- next to any game you've talked about on the show. I've never heard you go on at such length. <laughs> I think it's because... Uh, the things that I can, that I did like, that I can talk about are a lot were new back then, but aren't terribly <laughs> noteworthy these days. Whilst uh, the things that I didn't like are quite unique to this game, or, uh, well, they appear in many games, but in this game, they're quite prominent. So uh, I like this game despite itself. It tried to make me dislike it, but uh, ultimately I came away with a positive... Like, like, there are games that I like, but I can bitch about. You like the bitch about things that you like sometimes. Oh, and uh, by the way, listener, uh, if you ever do play this game, uh, pro tip, pick handguns or rifles, not both, because uh, later on you'll get energy weapons and they will completely supplant any other kind of weapon. Uh, just put pump points into those once they become available. You don't want to waste points on spreading yourself too thin. Because uh, energy weapons are so much better. It's a joke. They are ob- objectively better in every single mm-hmm. way. Like, their stats are better. Like, uh, their the amount of action points they take are about the same or sometimes less. They weigh about the same and sometimes less. It just becomes like, yeah, you would be a fool not to. Just a, just a pro hey, tip from me to a, you, That's listener. advice that uh, carries straight through to Fallout 3, I believe. So, uh, oh, grand. there you go case anybody here is sitting i don't fucking want to play this but i might just try out fallout 3 despite all critical aplomb <laughs> or lack thereof i've forgotten what aplomb mm. means anyway moving on <laughs> enthusiasm yeah damn let's talk a little about bloodborne uh-huh all right very very briefly because I, that's about as much as I've, I've i've done did you know all right so how, i have god knows how many episodes it's been since i talked about bloodborne but it's bloodborne cubbyhole ladies and gentlemen uh mm-hmm. this is a game i've had a lot of trouble with and i think i kind of went into it last time i talked about it uh because i caught up on myself at old yarnum where my original playthrough had ended uh after beating the Blood-Starved Beast? Is that the right name? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, last time the last time I had a run-through of the game, I beat the Blood-Starved Beast and then didn't know what the fuck to do, having never played a Dark Souls game, and then promptly give up. Because, I, I don't know. This time, despite knowing what to do, I have been unable to beat the Blood-Starved Beast. And... You used up all your fire items, huh? Fire items. Oh, f- fire items are quite effective against the Bloodstarved Beast. Oh, like the the Molotov cocktails and stuff like that. Molotovs and uh, fire paper work quite well against beast enemies. Yeah, right. Okay, good to know. Uh, no, I still had some cocktails, 
I think the, the, the big blue was that I actually hired for the first time in the game a, uh, a, a, a spirit hunter, another hunter to help me out. Uh, was it a NPC accomplice yeah, yeah, or was yeah, it a no, real person? I don't deal with these real people, Lawrence. I don't trust them. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yes, it was whoever is typically uh, joining you on the on the fight to Bloodstarved Beast, the guy you can summon on the on the outskirts of of that cathedral. Um, and uh, we gave it a good fight, but we probably got our asses kicked on the second phase of the of the fight. And uh, it was very discouraging because, as I've complained about before with Bloodborne, once you die, you lose all your 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 blood ja- uh, blood stone, whatever whatever they're called, blood blood echoes. That's the one. No, no, not the not the, not the drink. The uh, your healing flask, your Estus. Oh, your blood vials. That's the one. That's the one. A lot of blood in there's this game. Of, yeah, that's like, you can see how I got confused. The mm-hmm. um, your, your equivalent of Estus in this game. Uh, you don't have a, a minimum amount when you respawn. You are left with whatever you used, and uh, you then have to go and sort of farm it from around you. And I, I've always found that just a random decision that just doesn't feel great. It, it's not. I agree. Whilst Bloodborne is my favorite of the series, that is a definite negative that I cannot dispute. That's against yeah. it. You can buy blood vials at the Hunter's that Dream, but. It, it is a tough when you uh, also use. lose all your blood blood echoes every time you die. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, regardless, uh, <laughs> I think last time I played that loop out infinitum and then eventually beat the Blood Star Beast. This time I I gave it two shots, one with a summon, and uh, failed regardless. And uh, that put me off the game for a couple of months. That's why I haven't talked about it. I was just like, ugh. Just, just, this game keeps beating me down. And, you know, Dark Souls always had a little, little in every time I played it. I was like, well, you know, I could just change direction. But in in Bloodborne, I always felt like when you get funneled down to old Yarnum, it just feels like that's the way to go. It, except mm-hmm. for the fact it's not. That's not true at all. <laughs> it's... It's just not the case. It's uh, it's absolutely optional, and everything you do there only furthers a very long, winding, optional path. As I'm learning from walkthroughs, uh, and I- not entirely, but yes, <laughs> you'll understand what I mean later. Hopefully. When I go back, which I will. Uh, my my other thing discouraging me from further committing to old Jarnum is that I killed the guy on the watchtower who you in, in best case scenarios have the option to befriend and go on a, on a uh, little oh, side quest oh, with oh Jura I really wouldn't worry about that like, it breaks you're, my heart you're supposed to kill him <laughs> breaks my heart the, uh, the circumstances under which you befriend him are unintuitive and nobody expects you to get them all right. at all so don't worry yeah. about it it's more of a second playthrough Ooh, I'll try it a different way and say see how that shakes sure. out. Sure, all right, that, that's fair. I that uh, that that dissuaded me from playing Bloodborne for a while because I just kind of felt doubly disheartened. Um, but I went back in the last week or so, and uh, flames renewed. I uh, I decided this time I'll go whatever way they're supposed to go, which uh, as it happens, there's a. A big old 
um, actually, all right. So the way it works is that there's an item in the hunter's dream, which for those who don't know, is the sort of Halberia, uh, demon's soul esque, uh, where mm-hmm. between the main world, the intercollective world, you spend most of your time with, there is a place that you can go to, go to the shop, improve weapons, uh, do the thing that you would usually do at bonfires, like leveling up. That's all done in one hub area in Bloodborne. Um, you can't just do it on the fly. And uh, it's not its not neither a negative or a positive. It's just a change. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually quite like the space. It's got a nice theme. It's got a nice mood. Uh, I like having the shop in one place where in uh, Dark Souls, it was all over the fucking place. So you had to do a trek every time you wanted to do something. So uh, mm. the, it kind of comes with pros and cons. And uh, as it so happens, one of the... <laughs> usual things that you should do in RPGs, which I don't do in Soulsborne, Born Souls, whatever they're called, games, is uh, keep checking in at shops as you progress. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what RPGs are like. You kind of forget that with uh, Dark Souls. Uh, even though you're doing it all the while, like you're checking in with a blacksmith all the time because you pick up stuff and you're, you want to check in and see, hmm, what could I improve today? Well, same mm-hmm. happens in Bloodborne, but you're, su- you're supposed to check in with the shop, and the shop has as, as you move along and do a few things, you'll unlock stuff you can purchase from the shop. One of which is an emblem that opens the gate to the area that I was supposed to be going to this whole fucking time that I now realize in my blindest of blind days I was never going to figure out in my original run. Uh, happens to be that this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to buy a little emblem from the main hub shop. Uh, it costs 10,000 souls. Uh, so you're you're inclined to save for it unless you burn up all your items, and uh, and that opens the gate and unlocks basically the next chunk of the game, and the rest of the game well as even. it as it happens yes and uh, I didn't know this I had to look this up uh, I'm glad I feel a bit dumb for not having checked because I I don't I, it feels disingenuous to say nobody would have figured that out. Especially me, who mm-hmm. learned a hard-ass lesson about item descriptions, but also didn't think to extend that to items I don't own. <laughs> it is a it is a little unintuitive, but I guess the idea is that uh, to encourage you, no, you should be visiting the Hunter's Dream and checking around every once in a while to see if there's been any yeah. changes. Talk to the doll and talk to Gelman. Uh, yeah, every every um every big RPG that people praise, like going to Final Fantasy and stuff, they all have this exact same idea that uh, there are areas that you just have to go back and check with once in a while. Uh, there are people you have to check in on once in a while. And you should just make that a habit when you play this kind of game. And for some reason, we kind of write Dark Souls off because it's more action-oriented. But uh, th- these games still qualify. And, well, now I, I another lesson learned. Bloodborne and Dark Souls always teach you lessons about game design. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't view them as 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 negatives so much as again I view these games as games that you're supposed to blast through in the week they come out with a gang full of online people <laughs> and you're all lifting each other up by by each other's arms and throwing each other around. You're many armed beasts. Uh, <laughs> And uh, when you come way late to the party, you just the, the the unintuitive side of the game show, but it's also because they're kind of events, so I, it's hard to begrudge. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, when I played it, I played it in the offline mode because I didn't buy the PlayStation Plus, so I didn't have any multiplayer. So I got the, I, I got a pretty similar experience, first experience to you, Lee. Good. Did you go on? What I mean is that you go online and check things or talk to people. That's what I mean. Not so much play uh, online online. Other than. Other than occasionally, uh, oh, you mean the community spirit? Sure, yeah, That's yeah, what absolutely. Talking about. Not, not I, like uh, people I, actually on. People are still online playing Bloodborne. There's no doubt about it. So it's it's more about interactivity with other people. They were born out of a spirit of games designed to facilitate game design by community, communication between the, the community. Yeah, uh, and uh, to a certain extent, you're supposed to engage with that exterior to the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh pretending that's not a factor is only going to hurt you long term and uh that goes in the sense that if you come way late to the party you have excellent walkthroughs to, to lean upon and if you're right there in the middle in the thick of it when the game comes out you talk to people and that's why people want to get in on from software games the moment they come out is because it's all about it's all uh, water. It's all about that zeitgeist. Uh, it's, it's about the buzz. Yeah, it's, it's about like the the office water cooler talk. You know, how far have you got? Have you done mm. this? Have you done that? The great games for that. Um, so, what I've enjoyed, I, I, it's hard for me to begrudge these kind of aspects. These sort of like, oh, it would be hard to figure out on your own. But if you throw five chimps at it, somebody will figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then you'll find the answer by talking to them. In a way, I, I really uh, appreciate that these games are always kind of leaning on the, the community spirit of, of the experience, even if the community has long since passed and moved on to Sekiro or whatever, or Elden Ring by the time this episode comes out and about two months mm-hmm. down the line. Um, so, in terms of that, I should say that once past, past that area, it's back to the Bloodborne we know and love. It's back to that Dark Souls experience that I, I had been missing, especially since when you go to Old Jarnum, the whole thing feels very... not I, I don't want to say optional, but it almost feels like DLC. Like Imagine if in a day before this these times, games were designed with areas that were added on that weren't core to the experience and just left feels, there yes. for you to enjoy and not... With any, uh, you know, like bar put in front of them saying, you must pay to enjoy this. You know, it feels like they had ample time to produce additional content and they went to the ends of the earth to make it fun, even though you don't have to engage with any of it. It is a largely self-contained area. There's a couple of those in this game and all of them are quite cool. Although this uh, old Yarnum is a slight exception for reasons that you'll understand later on. Don't worry about it. It's not a spoiler, but it's still like sort of gray zone. It's like a it's like a gameplay spoiler instead of a story spoiler, if you see what I mean. Interesting. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I do get what you mean, but I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. Um, anyway, so I am now at the verge of the forest area. There's like a... Oh, the Bergenware Forest. Yes, I believe that's what I'm on the door of in the sense that there is a passworded door to enter uh, that next segment of the game. And uh, mm-hmm. I have the password. And, uh, oh, no, wait, no, I don't. I am I am a boss fight away from that password, although I got pretty far in that fight and I nearly nailed it. 
I failed. It was uh, a lady who turns into a spider lady. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember her name. Uh, Rom? No, no. <laughs> there's there's many a spider lady. Uh, oh, who who is she? She's like Sister Warta or something like that. You're not thinking of Vicar Amelia. That's the one. She doesn't turn into a spider. That's turns, the one. She doesn't turn into a spider. She turns into a giant wolf lady. So she does. Don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how spider. I defaulted to spider. You're entirely right. She's a giant wolf lady. Uh, yes, and uh, I got pretty pretty close to winning that fight and failed. Feel pretty confident going back to it. Uh, and I, you know, that's that's basically as far as I've got. I've, I like that's the next chunk of exploration done. Uh, that's pretty substantial progress. I'm glad you think so. I'm not really sure if it is. <laughs> but, uh... I mean, for like a half a year, perhaps not. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Over the course of the last couple of weeks, it's pretty good. I'll say that uh, in that time, there's been uh, two substantial moments of shortcut porn, uh, which have been absolutely excellent. One has gone back to way earlier in the game. Uh, it's I can't remember any of the name of the segments. But it was like before the big cathedral. And uh, the other one was just a, another gate that was in front of me that I had to do a lot of windy roundabout shit to get into. And then just ran past all the enemies and opened that lever, baby. Um, so yeah, I, I, I now that I'm back to the core experience, I feel like things are moving and clicking. I will say that I feel like there's one one substantial thing, one pro to Dark Souls over Bloodborne that I have is that the world get feel felt more distinct in terms of. <laughs> I know this is a pro to Bloodborne in a lot of ways, and also a, a con. There's literally no yay or nay, one or the other, but Bloodborne's incredibly uh, cohesive and thematic world lacks in the sense that it works in the sense that it gives you an oppressive atmosphere that makes the game feel like Bloodborne every time you play it so you don't ever confuse it with Earthworm Jim but mm -hmm. the uh <laughs> the Dark Souls I felt like you look around the land and so on and you've got these distinct biomes that help you pace yourself as you play and know well fuck it i didn't try out the forest art you're like you could shorthand your experience a lot easier uh, uh you're saying there's a, a lack of level variety i don't know if that's fair because i think level design is still Im immaculate i don't know if it it matters so much in terms of how the game feels to play but i think in terms of mm -hmm. visual clarity from zone to zone i now realize that yes in my head i can differentiate rat pit from burning village square but it, when i'm describing these to other people all i can think of is it's a stony area outside a cathedral which is every area <laughs> you know mm -hmm, and yeah. uh i'm sure as the game goes on shit gets a little more interesting as i just mentioned i'm about to hit the first forest area maybe the only forest area which uh which, when I found out via the walkthrough, it hinted, says, by the way, that will get you into the forest area when you figure out, when you follow this path. I was like, what? What? There are trees in this game? You know, mm -hmm, like, I was mm -hmm. I was shocked to find that uh, the locale would change as significantly as that. But Which is to say, though, that the first, 
like seven or eight uh, lanterns of the game. And lanterns are far fewer than bonfires in this game than they are in Dark Souls in, in terms of bonfires. Uh, mm. the, uh, for those zones, it all feels very much like you're in the same place. And in Dark Souls, when you got bonfire after bonfire, you felt like, I'm out of the town, I'm on the castle, I'm out of the castle, I am on the rooftop. <laughs> I'm not on the rooftop, I'm down into the forest, you know, like... There's there was a lot of there was a lot of visual markers that help you trace your adventure as such, and and this mm-hmm. this time around I feel like just that tiny bit of clarity or visual shorthand does make me <laughs> it does its job almost too well. Well, you'll be pleased to hear that uh, that becomes less of a problem. Uh, a little further on, starting at uh, roughly the point after where you are, at, where you're at right now. So. That is everything I needed to know. <laughs> uh, so that's that's your bonus, Lawrence. Uh, which um, great took up too much time. <laughs> Let's hope these indies are short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. So, my week, I played an indie double bill, and you'll be excited to learn they're both from the current year. That's right. New information. <laughs> but Fact <laughs> oh, yes. Man Podcast has never been as close to the cutting edge as right now, so uh, let me talk about the first game. This is, this is, the, this is the best SEO we've had in oh, some yeah. time. I will say that both games are available on PC. One of them I actually played on a iPad Intriguing, intriguing. But uh, both are available on PC, and I think both are probably best experienced on a PC, to be honest. I, I think the the iPad one, I'll make that clear as we get along. But let's go for the solely PC experience as of right now, although it might get ported down the line. Have you ever heard of a game called Mind Scanners? I might have done, actually. One moment. It's a game you can find on Steam. It's not early access, but I bought it brand new <laughs> because I looked at the top ratings of Steam and was like mm, somebody's trying to make a game for me. No I haven't but I'm looking at it right now and I'm going oh yes this is very much a game for me too. <laughs> it has that effect. I look I look at this interface and I go oh man this is somebody play Papers Please. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> somebody really liked Papers Please. Uh Somebody really liked Papers, Please and Red Neuromancer Somebody lately. Somebody really liked Papers, Please and also really liked Hypnospace Outlaw. <laughs> I like a good hub within yeah, a hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's double down. Or hud. Hud within yeah. a hud, I should say. <laughs> let's double down on the uh, indie experiences. So, Mind Scanners. I'm going to assume most people haven't heard of it uh, because it's... It's, it's not, I didn't even really see it covered anywhere. It just was popular briefly for a week or two. And uh, it still has generally positive reviews on, on Steam. Uh, here's the general concept. It actually is a concept. Because it's set in a cyberpunk, retro-futuristic retro cyberpunk future. I, I, I don't know where those lines are uh, <laughs> contradict each other or mean the same thing. But uh, oh, you—it's getting to this point where like 
classic cyberpunk is like becoming retro futuristic at I this see. point. Yes, yes. Where it's like, hey, if you look at, I mean, for fuck's sake, in Neuromancer, Case is getting really excited because he's selling like what is it, a memory stick with like <laughs> fifty megabytes worth of data on it, and he goes, "Yeah, I've got the hot new shit, a chip of fifty megabytes of storage, ain't that hot crazy?" <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a that's a JPEG, half a JPEG. Uh, right. So here's the idea, right? You play a mind scanner, which is going to appeal immediately in terms of fictional jobs to anyone who has enjoyed being a guy who stamps papers in Papers, Please, or mm-hmm. who uh, read forums and looked for incorrect or, or, or harassment in Hypnospace Outlaw. You will be lulled in. Um, so the idea is you play a character. I f- think ultimately it 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 felt like it was a she uh it's hard to say what gave me that impression it was there's there was a sex it, scene with a character i mean i'm looking at the uh, the steam page and the the logo is a lady wearing a funky oh, VR oh but everybody's headset. wearing fe- funky vr headsets it's hard to say who that is um it could be oh, an actual other char- you meet a lot of characters in this game um in the same sense as you meet a lot of people passing through the line in papers please uh Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I do think it was a, it was a female protagonist, uh, just because of the wording in the sex scene and a couple of scenes after it. It uh, it it felt like it was hinging further to female. I don't I don't even mean to say that like there was a like a a gender normativity there. I mean like they almost used a a pronoun by accident or something here or there, and then that. Spelled Sorry, it away. I'm not going to accuse you. No, anything. no, no. You're all right. You're no, all right. I, I just mean in general. Like I, I felt <laughs> it was because I was, I didn't think it was a, a thing that I was actually paying attention to until the game started drawing my attention to it in some way. And I was like, oh wait, I'm not a mm-hmm. dude. <laughs> That's my bias. I went into this assuming oh, I was a dude. <laughs> immersion broken. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was, I was thrown, I cast out from the gameplay experience. I mean, I know this was like a cyberpunk game with like themes of like corporate overreach and the technology interfering with our uh, lives, but now that I know I'm playing as a woman, this is just too political for me. <laughs> Throw it in the fucking bin. Right? So, uh, speaking of political themes, right? So, see if mm-hmm. you've heard this uh, setup before. You live inside the structure protected from the outer zone. There's a... <laughs> I wrote this before I said the words mm-hmm. a political like theme. So now it seems like I've I've set myself up too too strongly to make a joke. So. That fucking outer zone always getting in the way, coming over here, taking our jobs. The fucking yeah, outer yeah, zone yeah. folk. <laughs> there is a Mao like leader. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of spells it out. <laughs> I thought mm. it would be a little more nuanced if I. If I just let, I didn't think I'd be leading in saying guess the theme, but <laughs> dead mm-hmm. reading the line, Mao like leader, but <laughs> uh, who everyone is forced to love. And uh, that guy's called the constructor, uh, seemingly famous for having designed the structure, although it's, as you read into it, it's not entirely clear if they actually did it or they're just taking credit for it. Um,. <clears throat> You live in in the structure. Everything's divided into zones. Hunger Game esque. Uh, 
<laughs> it's mm-hmm. all class divide. And uh, robots and people with sort of cybernetic au- augments uh, live at the bottom for I don't know why. Uh, racism. Uh, bourgeoisie live at the top. So, that, so yeah, there's a so there's a celebrity culture which you immerse yourself in now and then, and mm-hmm. you are a a government goon. You're a mind scanner. You work for the structure. You work under the constructor, uh, and uh, you sort of get just just like in Papers Please, almost exactly like in Papers Please. You you get barked orders from some fucking faceless gorb. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, they tell you off when you do bad, and they charge you when you do bad. They charge you. They mm-hmm. charge you your structure fees, your uh, your maintenance fees when you fuck up, and uh, you 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 got to subsist a living day to day by doing your job to pay for your flat. <laughs> do you have a, a starving family, including oh, a father-in-law who is dying? That's that's, of that's medicine? where it changes. Oh. and I'll be flat out here and say. Basically, all the changes to the narrative, the the personal narrative side of the game. I would say the whole narrative, because I actually really like the structure and the world that you immerse yourself in. But I'll say the changes to the gameplay from Paper's Place, which it basically is, and uh, changes to your personal investment were all uh, detractors. <laughs> next to papers please papers please had it down pat and uh any any papers please was very much a exercise in elegance yeah as regard to that sort of thing it tells you just enough that you need to know to set the tone and get the mechanics down pat and it the almo- story and it almost reminds else. me of the days of like um doom clones or uh gta clones uh, you know like when things come along and they're not quite the si- they're, they're, they're in not, the, the vein of something. Not quite an emerging genre. Yeah. An emerging genre. And yeah. uh, they have a few pros that the original can't give you. Uh, some vibes and themes that uh, are too daring for the original. Uh, in Papers, Please's case, that's not fair because Papers, Please was pretty daring. Uh, but, uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, in terms of like seeing that gameplay applied to something else, you get to go elsewhere. You get to feel generally that you're playing a game quite like something you already know you liked. But in terms of the moment-to-moment experience, it's not something's not quite living up to your expectations because the purest source was shockingly well-made, and uh, you know it's 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 not like you know it's not like the 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 Call of Duty fad where some games could come out and they genuinely were better experiences than Call of Duty. Uh, mm-hmm. It's 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 more like Doom where a lot of games came out and they were at best as good as Doom or slightly just Doom with a different face. <laughs> uh, I, I've just noticed on the Steam page for Mind Scanners, it's part of the We Live in a Society <laughs> bundle. I did not know that. <laughs> we Live in a Society, that's great. Uh, so uh, what when you're playing this game and you're you've got, you've getting all these people showing up uh, in the in the corner papers please style uh, what criteria are you judging them by all right are they phrase, phrase that phrase that question to me again in a second I'm going to tell you I'm going to answer your previous question first okay which is uh, your narrative entry you're not looking after your st- st- your starving family what it, in this case 
<laughs> you just you just want your kids back. Oh, I see. The man's got your kids. Is that how it is? Yeah, to play, I'm gonna play the 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 Tom Jane quote from Arrested Development. I love that quote. Have you, do you know that? I'll, I'll link it to no, you. Go, oh, it's so good. Bottom line is, we've got two weeks to build a house. Doesn't have to be good. Just has to look good. I just want my kids back. <laughs> no context whatsoever for that clip. It's just as good that way. Uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, it's exactly like that, to be honest. <laughs> I, like, almost... Now that I've relived listening to that clip again, it's, it almost feels like that is added on on top of the reason that you're playing. You've got a government job. You've got... A legitimate reason to be invested in this world. And then on top of it, somebody says, I just want my kids back. That feels is, very... So, so, so is that your your implied character motivation, or does somebody just say it to you? No, that's that's your implied character motivation. Well, it's not implied, it's 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 the truth. You you're gotcha, working gotcha. you're working with well, you already have this job, but essentially what the, the very start of the game, which I don't remember exactly you're, because I you're played being, this. You're being kept in line and being prevented from yeah. joining Ezek or something it's, because of the threat of, you know, you're, the threat uh, against your family. You're, there's, there's something called the pulse running through the structure, a power source that's both driving people mad and also killing people. I can't remember where the line is. I don't remember exactly how this works out, but um, which might be. I take against the game is that it, 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 the whole pulse element of the game, which is an important part of a lot of your conversations with people, I was never really sure what the fuck it was, even in after reading the entirety of the uh, sort of Bible of the game, which is mm-hmm. provided to you at the start of the game. Your um, mind scanner uh, workbook encyclopedia gives you all the all the terms and a breakdown of what they mean, and I don't remember what the pulse means or is. But I remember nobody likes it, but some people want to work with it, but they don't know what it is. Um, anyway, there's an event revolving around the Pulse, which uh, kills a bunch of people, I, I believe. And uh, your daughter was at the heart of whatever happened there. Uh, she is either the Pulse itself, which, if so... Cool, that, you go. You got a way in there. Well, if if that is true, then they don't make anything of it by the end of the game. So that would be mm-hmm. heartbreaking. Um, or she was just at the scene, uh, involved in something, and uh, she gets taken in by the uh, by the structure uh, as an organization and kept away from you. And the only way you could see her is if you reach level three clearance. Uh, which ah I see. So uh, you're working your way up the ramps, so you can the ranks, so you can have the clearage required, the, the clearage, the clearance required to get into the upper echelons of the organization, so you can see your daughter. Yep, that's exactly right. But also, gotcha. you could choose to. They are. And meanwhile, aside from that, there's also an organization called Moonrise, a terrorist organization. No prizes for guessing if they're the good guys, and uh, and uh, there's also another path you can take, which is you're you're currently hearing about some idea for a weapon, 
and or technolog- technological breakthrough called Bliss, or B-L-I-S-S, Bliss, mm-hmm. which uh, you're helping to develop, and you can follow a, a story path which involves completing the, the development of Bliss, uh, which may or may not wipe the personalities of everybody in the structure. Mm-hmm. Seems so, like that's uh, heavily what it was implying to do. <laughs> so there, there, there's a bit of a, a moral choice between do you yeah. continue working for the man in the hopes that you might be reunited with your daughter, mm-hmm. or do you do you stick it to the man but risk never seeing her again, that yeah. sort of thing? Or double down so hard for the man that your daughter is so irrelevant to the story that you... Or you, you just... You just don't. You just believe in the cause, and you don't. Your daughter doesn't have to matter at all. What? What are the? One of those three options, at least, are your endings. Uh, are your goal by the end of it? Also, I assume there's a you fucked up, and neither was achieved, and you get ratted out by f- the co- you the know, coercing with the with moonrise too much without hiding your tracks and. You get outed or something. I don't know. It didn't happen to me. Could happen to somebody. Can't tell you. <laughs> Alrighty. So, what was your second question? Oh, my second question was uh, when you're uh, when you're processing these people, you mm-hmm. know, when they turn up and uh, you do the stamp their passport, the equivalent of that. What is it? What criteria are you assessing them by? That's actually a, a very interesting concept that the, the game uh, pursues but doesn't necessarily make interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, I will, I'll explain this in that the idea of it is really interesting. The writing around it is very good or mostly good. Uh, the gameplay associated with it makes the process of finding anything out about it very uninteresting. Uh, so the idea is as a mind scanner and this kind of ties into what your role is your idea is that you go around through the structure there's been bouts of insanity uh, Mm -hmm. through the people living in the structure and your job is to go door to door as a healthcare professional and using futuristic futuristic uh, gizmos and whatsits and whosits uh, Mm -hmm. you uh Cure them, them avoid comp test basically. Uh, a little further than that, you're not just assessing them. What, yeah, that actually, it's a two part process, and you're entirely right. The first part is the void comp, or is that the, yeah, whatever, whatever you said. I remember the, the Blade Runner thing, the Blade Runner test. You got it right, you got it right, void comp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, <laughs> they give them the test to assess not if they are a robot because people. That they've got blue skin if they're a robot. It's pretty pretty Naturally. explanatory. Uh, or shit gearing out of them. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, it's, it's more that it assesses whether they are... or It's actually a little more nuanced. I guess it, assess, it assesses what exactly is wrong with them <laughs> mentally mm-hmm. and allows you to make the decision whether that is sanity or insanity. And that's your only options when it comes to that process. So the first thing you do when you meet a client is you run a, a general scan, which is you have them, you, you put them for the Foyt comp test, which is a, uh, uh, it's a, uh, a Roshark test. Roshark test 
scanner thing as you've seen in mm-hmm. the in the main image it's the vr goggles goes over them and shows them a bunch of images and then they describe what they see uh mm-hmm. typically it allows them to go on crazy rants about what the fuck is going on with their lives and you are then given three options to choose from sometimes the two of the options are maddeningly stupid usually you want to aim for the option that just describes what might be going on with that person and not like speculation about their life <laughs> so mm-hmm. you might get an option like guy describes his he sees a circus and one of them will be uh, a, a juggler and uh, or, or likes to juggle uh, and the next one will be fear of tents and the other one will be preoccup- preoccupied or thinks about thinks he's in a circus or something like that. Okay, so you're, and, you're making interpretations of the answer, and yeah. uh, you're building a profile from those interpretations. Exactly, and you will want to lean towards thinks about the circus, whichever is the most grounded option, mm-hmm. uh, which without over over speculation into the part. It's not always super clear, and I, I think some of the problem might be that this is a freshly translated game from... Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure. Somewhere in Europe, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the east of Europe, <laughs> could be, could be. No, I, I, I feel like it might be towards a Scandinavia sort of side of things, but it's hard to say. Um, okay, but uh, yes, I feel like the definition of what in these segments calls calls for objectively sort of just saying what you see and what is overanalyzing can be hard to pin down depending on the character and mm-hmm. the problem with that is each day you have a timer which goes down every time you make a mistake uh, and this cuts hard into your experience of doing any actions at all including even flying your hover car out to see the people uh, who live in different districts from where you live so it takes time to go out to certain people some people live so far away half your day is taken up just getting to them uh, and they will sit on your little radar of people at the bottom of your screen at the start of the day to say you have these amount of people to check and uh, some people just live out in the fucking sticks and uh, you spend a lot of time getting out there and if you balls up the test to even see them before you even get into the crux of what of curing them, uh, mm-hmm. you will, you know, waste day after day, and it's hard to say whether that wasting days, <laughs> wasting days is obviously a bad, bad thing that the game doesn't want you to do, uh, but it's also having beat the game. There's, there's not a definitive line of how much waste is too wasteful, because I wasted a few, a good few days, I felt, which turned out to be completely acceptable. And I got the best ending in this game, according, mm-hmm. to, according to other people. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what is the line here. It's, it's the same as the Fallout thing. It's hard to, to grasp where the the fucking how much how much dilly dallying is too much dilly dallying um well in fallout it is very clear how much dilly dallying is too much dilly dallying because you will go to 
you will go you'll just every like 50 days like there's a timer that clocks down and it tells you exactly how many days are left and every 50 days they'll be like hey we're going to die soon please help and you'll be like yeah 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 working on it thanks all right okay well fair enough well i guess in mind scanners they don't give you the pressing reminder that you're running out of time as clearly as that oh but i will say uh there is a second part of fallout where once you deliver the uh, the water chip, the game doesn't end. There's never quest. That also has a timer. The second half of the game, <laughs> of course and it, it does. is not it is not shown. Oh, so you just so you're under pressure, and you don't even know how much time you have until you go to one of the hub areas in the game, and you find that it has been overrun by a horde of enemies, and all the NPCs are dead. And you're like, well, great. I'll reload a save, and hopefully I have enough time to prevent this from happening. I didn't realize I was playing Disco Elysium again. <laughs> yes, it's 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 worse than Disco. Disco is pretty well is. signposted. <laughs> yes, Disco is perfect in every single way. How dare I besmirch it in any way? <laughs> anyway, please continue. Yeah, anyway, so I, I guess this is more to the latter end of it, where you don't know until very near the end... Like I can't remember how much how many days passed, but it was over. It was about thirty five or so, somewhere in that ballpark, in game days, before the clock ran out. Uh, you do get signposted sort of near the end where it says, "Hey, we're coming up onto Wall Day." Wall Day. They don't tell you how many days away it is, and I don't know if there's a calendar, but um, mm-hmm. you know they keep saying Wall Day any day from now, and when Wall Day comes, that's that's the end of the game. You better have sorted your shit out mm-hmm. or at least i think so uh because it gives you the option or it sort of takes you then if you're on a certain path in my case it took me to see the daughter uh and that sort of brought in the end game uh whatever happens there uh but i don't know if you're on if you're locked into a different path whether it, it stops there or you just keep working for the the hierarchy or so <laughs> it's hard to what, say uh, what ending uh, did anyway. you gravitate towards first first of all uh for your first playthrough well this is my i only have one playthrough because it well i should also say this the game took about five hours to beat maybe less pretty uh, short then i had to play it and again i'll get into this a little bit but i had to play it in like four or five chunks because i found the gameplay very exhausting um but you know, you if those with the aptitude to play it could beat it three times over in the space of two or three days, you know, like, and get all the endings and so on, and and see what else there is. And if they really love the gameplay, I mean, like, yeah, you go nuts. Uh, I didn't love the, uh, the gameplay, but regardless, I Which, uh, I gravitated to. Um, well, I I got the uh, the terrorist ending. <laughs> Mm, okay uh which seemed deeply positive as it turns out um and i should say having played papers please there was a lot more anxiety about siding with uh any uprising in papers please than there was in in mind scanners uh they, like they, they tell you off but in papers please they really fucking rail you you know like they really they really hold your head to the fucking curb and say, you know, keep talking to these people and see, f- fuck around, and see what happens. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. and you really have to. It's very. You arc- get a you get a nice meeting with Vogel from the secret police. <laughs> uh, surprise, ins- surprise inspection. <laughs> exactly, and um, it's a really tricky arcadey 
uh, fine line to 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 hold down. There's a lot of of timers and 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 expectations to to micromanage just to get across the line each day to keep that ending going. I didn't feel like that. I felt like they wanted me to feel that, but I I coasted day to day and still got the the quote unquote good ending in this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I I don't know what to tell you. I don't know whether I I just in my head I played normal mode. There's a hard mode, and uh, maybe they wanted you to play hard mode where it would be a fucking chore, uh, but you would you would be closer to death every time you played it. So was the uh, was the moment the moment gameplay enjoyable? Because that's a thing that I thought was very interesting about Papers Please. Yeah, for just that uh, it's oppressive. And you're under a lot of pressure and you don't have, you have like not quite enough time to get what you want. Uh, but even so, the moment the moment gameplay is surprisingly quite fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I agree about Papers, Please and that <laughs> there's something about that. There's something hardwired in us to <laughs> crave approval at a desk job. <laughs> uh-huh. There's something, something quite hardwired in you to catch people out in a lie i yeah, suppose exactly exactly there's it 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 has a very simple gimmick in that there somewhere in these papers and you don't know when but there might be something wrong and you will have uh-huh. to as quick as possible assess whether mm-hmm. there is or not and sometimes you'll fuck up and you will mm-hmm. hear about it uh on the other hand it's like Aha! I got you, you son of a bitch! You tried to sneak in. Uh, yeah, please, I please, I just want to see my family. <laughs> no, 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 no! Yeah. I caught you. <laughs> yes, it's uh, it's remarkably well balanced narratively as well. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I uh, yeah, but uh, more importantly, the catharsis when you catch one of those lying scumbags from Zignalvia or whatever they're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, yeah, it, it's good. <laughs> you feel great. <laughs> Dirt, dirty fucking Kalichian, get out of my fucking country. Go. <laughs> uh, yes, so that felt super cathartic, and I feel like Mind Scanners went a completely different direction in terms of the day-to-day gameplay, which is when you have decided that a person is either sane or insane, which is completely optional for you, by the way. You, like... You can choose, like, you'll get a little story beat afterwards to let you know. Um, and this does impact gameplay, and it might, in some choices, do worse than, than better. You can decide whether a person is sane or insane, given the information they give you. And sometimes, you could be like, yeah, this guy's a bit of an asshole, but he's not insane. You know, like, he's mm-hmm. he, like he, he shouts at people uh, at work because he's he's upset his wife is dead. And you're like... Yeah, I I don't think that's insanity. I just guy needs a therapist. He doesn't need a fucking brain wipe. <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know. Do you, are you are you ever presented with a, a moral choice where you're thinking to yourself, this guy's technically sane, so I can't report him, but he's a danger to the people around him, so I should report him as yes, insane. Almost, so. I'd say two out of three choices. Two out of three people you see are moral are interesting moral choices, and that's where the game's ah, at its best. Gotcha. Narratively speaking, there's a lot of fun here in terms of the the the, the message they're trying to get across about uh, sort of what we deem insanity. You're essentially playing an old world, <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call it, a physician, a mental physician, <laughs> mm-hmm. neurological uh, neurologist, uh, deciding what does and does not qualify as a mania. 
and uh, you're, you're going door to door and some people are like, uh, fuck, you know, so I'm just so riled up about the structure, I hate it. And you could be like, well, I'll wipe their brain for political insubordination. And uh, sometimes you're like, eh, well, I mean, everybody hates the structure on some level. Why wipe their brain? Mm. <laughs> Other people are like, I see my mom, and she's dead five years. <laughs> like, you know, and you're like, all right, well, I mean, you need help. <laughs> Just uh, from his perspective, you're going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll rile up and say, oh, uh, I, what the fuck is the government sending me mind scanners for? I'm perfectly well. Isn't that right, mother? Uh-huh, uh-huh. She says yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're just uh, ticking off things yeah. on the list. Good. Yep, uh-huh, That's, uh-huh. that's great. That's great. Put this tube down your throat. Uh, <laughs> so uh, sometimes it's more obvious than others, and sometimes the cure isn't a cure. And you have to kind of say, some pratfalls you're just going to hit regardless, you know. Some people are better off nuts. <laughs> uh, you know, as long as they're harmless. A lot of the time, though, better safe than sorry. Give them, give them a mind scan. Help them towards uh, mental health with your techno and gizmos. Um, the thing is that the thing that you gameplay wise have to weigh up is that it's very time consuming to administer a treatment and your patient list grows more and more as days ah, go on okay. and some mm-hmm. patients take days to cure so you can you can juggle them you can come back to them anytime over a certain period of time but uh you know at some point you're going to have to make some calls of somebody's got to be sane in this goddamn place and next to nobody is completely sane on your list so you just gotta hope for the best sometimes like you're sane so what if you're a narcissist celebrity and you everybody who works with you hates you and you're everything factor men podcast stands against in the news segment mm-hmm. apparently like doesn't matter i'm not helping you <laughs> you're just going to have to keep being famous and rich and pestering people uh because i don't have time there's somebody there who uh that you know is is trying to cut the flesh off people and wear it as their own uh <laughs> so there there are you you do have to make those calls and i would say i may i i think i made something like four bad calls and i still got perceivably the best ending so it's hard to say if it really matters other than haha taught you a lesson <laughs> Which kind I guess uh, you still need to make enough rent to make it to the end of the game, so there's that. And you get a very, very small. Uh, you get it, t- it takes seven dollars to pay your week, uh, week to week, uh, or K-Pox, K-Pox, as it is in this reality, and uh, mm-hmm. you get three K-Pox for saying somebody's sane and moving on, uh, the least uh, time-consuming way. You get fifteen for curing somebody. And you'll get a bunch mm-hmm. of bonus dollars for side events and little things that crop up from on certain days. Um, okay, so it's fairly generous, you would say. I I didn't struggle, <laughs> so uh, you know I I maybe would have struggled if I had spent more time curing everybody. But I felt that some people like it was a hedge case, and I had already got a backlog list, so I moved on, which mm-hmm. brought to personally brought to light that I would have been a terrible doctor in reality. But uh, in terms of the game, I moved on fine and dandy, <laughs> lived my life. Uh, so what I should say, what the actual gameplay is here, when you're curing somebody, which is what you'll be doing for the most bulk of your gameplay, 
you are you enter into a phase where you have a series of devices, some of which you have to research with science, which you unlock as you go on for the game. But say you have everything unlocked, uh, you will identify once you find what is wrong with somebody. Um, you will be given a couple of symbols which correlate to certain devices. Those devices will cure what those symbols are. And what you will get is essentially a, a backed up list that that you have of of um of manias that you have to cure with certain devices and you have to kind of work through each of them in order uh whipping out different devices uh maximum three per uh client and each of them in themselves is basically a mini game so Mm -hmm. say there's three three things wrong with somebody that means you've got three devices on hand one of which will be a dial that you spin around in a complete circle but you can't complete it you can't spin it too fast or it will raise the stress level of the of the participant uh or patient patient's the word um mm-hmm. so you got a victim <laughs> victim yeah in some cases definitely uh, one of them will be a little tele- teleprompter where you have to skip frame after frame on the screen by pressing a button and it shows you uh, a bunch of little symbols and then you hit a number one to eight how many of the type of symbol it shows you did you see uh, and another one will be rolling a dial up and for- back and forth until it highlights a word that has a negative connotation and then hitting an X button to purge it from their mind um Mm -hmm. so there's six variations of this plus they have a stress meter and a personality meter the stress meter can never hit maximum or this never happened to me but i assume they bail out of treatment um Mm -hmm. and then you don't besmirch your record uh the the other is personality now this is far more prominent every time you enact a treatment uh, or use one of your devices, it knocks down the uh, personality meter, which has about six bars, and you have to mm-hmm. wheel out your personality gizmo and get get back. You have to keep replenishing that personality because if they go to zero, they can't come back from that. They are brain mm-hmm. dead. So even if you cure them, uh. they uh, they go back to the world. It's like yes, sure, they're not a monster, but they also. You know, don't feel it like their co-workers and stuff will come back to you the next day and say, what happened to Jane? Jane doesn't feel mm-hmm. anymore. She used, I mean, she used to, you know, love love work. You know, she loved her family. So what if they're dead? At least she felt something, you know? Like. So uh, if, I, if, I'm, if, I, if I'm grasping this correctly, it's uh, you give the, put them through the test and probe them for answers. Mm-hmm. You cross-reference their answers against a list of manias that determine what's wrong with them. Yep. And and then you uh, I don't know play like a, ba- a series of mini games to balance out their hormone levels in their brain to fix their neurochemistry. But if you fuck up, you can ruin them. Yeah, essentially. Absolutely. All right. And uh, how long would a single patient take? So you reckon? So to cure, most patients take two sessions. I'd say, like on average. And a and a session would be All about right. what? Well, five minutes. You, Every session starts, when you start a new session with somebody, it starts taking you away from your leftover time of the day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you have one, the day starts on like 200 
number. I don't know what that actually means now that I think about it. But um, mm-hmm. and uh, as you as you tra- tra- travel from A to B and also talk to these patients, uh, that number will start depleting. Uh, you'll get a, a seven. It will say like take seventy to trans travel to somebody, and then you'll be left with one hundred and thirty. And then when you start treatment, one hundred and thirty is your timer to do as much as you can in that space of time. Ah, uh, uh, okay. And, so it is kind of like action points in a in a sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so and in that time, all the treatments, they each of the devices takes up almost a set amount of time. You can't go too fast through basically any of them. You can basically, if you get really good at the game, it can take maybe eight to ten seconds per treatment. But if there's twenty four symbols that you cured on one person, which generally is the average uh you can wipe up to three of them at a time if you line them up right if you use devices in the right order but most of the Mm -hmm. time you'll be sort of going one at a time and then the odd three uh ultimately you'll burn through your 130 seconds as it turns out in real life um and then you'll have gotten maybe half halfway to three quarters of the way cured because you're also juggling the personality thing so you you're making progress, but you also have to stop making progress just to keep them not brain dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that that'll that will just sort of build up on itself. So uh, yeah, I'd say the the general stress of the idea of the thing takes is that you end up spending two in-game days per per client that you decide to cure. Sometimes you get whack them out in one. Sometimes people don't have three things wrong with them they have two so you only have to juggle two devices and that means it's easier to wipe three at a time uh and as the game goes on they also develop little sensitivities which mean that uh you can't clear certain rows at one time they'll little little arcadey nonsense things that sort of pad out and slow down the, the process as you go along to make things a little more difficult unfortunately all that means is that you end up playing the mini games more frequently, and since there are mm-hmm. only six of them, and they're very simple, you spend what is it, five hours in uh, gameplay, four hours playing the same six benign actions over and over again, interspliced for ten minutes max uh, with a couple of dialogue options and and events, and then back to really lame WarioWare games and that's kind of the crux of the problem with the game is mm-hmm. unfortunately it's, it's bottlenecked at the tedious part exactly exactly you spend so much time with these like you can you 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 end up mastering them it's just inevitable you spend so much time on them you end up mastering them you end up finding the right sensitivity is too fast for the wheelie thing you find out you know the the right visual uh, denotation on screen to say hey yep uh i know how to quickly process this person there's one where you got flesh tubes on somebody and you're like i know immediately this word word where to get the flesh tube flesh tubes at their most weakliest and you can move on <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and uh that's still once you get good at it it's it, all it does is sing home how much of a chore it is to get involved with the curing process which if you're even remotely trying to engage with the game, is the game. And it's not a puzzle or a challenge, it's just work. And I guess it's, it goes beyond Busman's holiday to just Busman work. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where you feel the the pressures and anxiety and need to get away that a normal busman will feel from day to day. <laughs> at least it's a at least at least it's a it's a fancy future job that isn't really related to your real life job, so it's not that bad. I guess so. Um, at least you're not playing like games that are like just thinly veiled facsimiles of programming. <laughs> like what? Like, uh, I mean, I guess uh, Baba is You. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, or any of the Zaktronic games. Yes, of course, of course. Some of the later Zaktronic games, I haven't gotten around to them yet, but uh, they're, th- I say thinly veiled, not even bothering to hide <laughs> There's it. There's no interface. They're like, code the game. <laughs> Here's a command line interface. Go nuts. Oh, boy. Boy, they. They know who they're for. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe Mind Scanners doesn't really know who it's for, ultimately. I feel like it's Papers, Please. <laughs> Baby's first Papers, Please, which is insane. <laughs> uh, which is, it's a real shame because I really did like the world. And as uh, on the nose as some of the messaging and moral dilemmas you feel, they feel almost like um, like the Outer Worlds did. And that it's like, I, I, I get it now. It's a corporate society. We get it. You know, ultimately, though, these choices aren't interesting uh, or as interesting as you're making us believe they are. So, uh, you know, I want you to make better of this world. I want you to make more interesting choices in this place. And uh, you're not being given a lot of interesting choices in this game, which kind of brings the whole experience down, despite all the good intentions. I'd say it's it's if people are like jonesing for papers, please. Well, first off, I'd say still play, well, Oberdin for a start, and then also play Hypnospace Outlaw. Because uh, mm-hmm. Hypnospace Outlaw, it's not as arcadey as Papers, Please, but it's still a, a big puzzle. You know, it's it's a big challenge. You do the best when you engage harder into the world. And I feel like when you play Mind Scanners, you, you engage hard into the world. You're not rewarded in the same sense in terms of what you're doing in the game. Uh, Papers, Please does this really well. And like, when you give a shit about the world and you really want to make a difference, you work harder for it and you achieve an ending that feels both gratifying and apt for what you've done. <laughs> uh, and I'd say Hypnospace Outlaw, the same. I'd say Oberdin, the same. I'd say Mind Scanners falls short. Uh, which is a shame because it's really well written. Jeez, man, are we? Did, did, was that your first game? Next one, I have a lot less to talk about. It's not a lot less. I fucking hope so <laughs> because we're two and a half hours and we haven't even done the news oh, yet. There's not so much news. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, second game. Have you heard of Mini Motorways? Let me look it up and I'll tell you. <laughs> Got a bit of danger feel for a second there. Oh, is this Mini Metro? The same people that made Mini Metro? Sequel to Mini Metro. Uh, yes, I have heard of this game. I've always been meaning to play Mini Metro. It's another Busman Holiday game. I, yeah, well, yeah lit- well, almost literally. As, almost as literally yeah. as one can be. Uh, <laughs> if anything, Mini, Metro, Mini Motorways is literally... <laughs> is, is as literal as a Busman's Holiday can be. Uh... I guess the guy who organizes the bus routes holiday. <laughs> uh, it's a civil civil engineering uh, holiday. Engineers holiday. Yeah, <laughs> I did play Mini Metro out of how much I enjoyed Mini Motorways. Like I give it a shot. 
and uh, I, I didn't get it. <laughs> Maybe I didn't give it enough time, but I didn't find it interesting or fun. Uh, and that was my problem going into Mini Motorways. I was always afraid, looking at it, that it wasn't going to be enjoyable. It was going to be uh, work. <laughs> there are lots of games, these kind of... Uh, sort of like Factorio kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I look at them and go like, mm-hmm. that looks like it's going to be, for some people, this ticks, ticks a box. People like to, to work hard for their games. They like to feel like the, the, the pure energetic joy, the, the, the twitch of neurons that, that lights up when uh, two uh, uh, factory lines connect in the most efficient way. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it, sometimes it can be a grueling R or too long process to figure out how to do that. But goddamn, when it works, it works, and you just can't help but feel an over overlight of uh, uh, you know a, a fucking fireworks show in the brain. Uh, Give me them good brain juices. <laughs> <laughs> My problem with that is I don't have the patience. Uh, a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the most satisfying highs one can have in that genre of games uh, is that are those gained from uh <laughs> from the longest uh investment one can make uh <laughs> and setting up and whittling down and making more efficient uh, I, uh, I i i i like those sorts of games those busman holidays zactronic uh optimizer games but uh, i would have a hard time recommending them to anybody yeah whom i wasn't 100 percent confident would enjoy them yeah i, I would definitely fall short of the the expected audience i think i think i just i don't have what it takes to to look at systems connecting on face value and know it's going to work out and i'm going to enjoy it but hey if you're like me audience and uh you want to feel the same thrill and high of beauty (laughs) and structure in architecture you want to feel systems connect and uh i know what it is to touch the face of God, stroke it. <laughs> Check out many many motorways. It's very much an exercise in elegance and simplicity. Uh, that sort of thing. Absolutely, uh, but it's uh, it's it's bite size. I'd say it's it's arcadey. It's fast. It's a uh, it's sippy. So the general concept for those who don't know, you uh, are a road. Guy, civil engineer, in the air, um, uh, and what happens is you are given a real life destination. It's all minimalist style, but you are given somewhere like Rio de Janeiro or Tokyo or as at uh, uh, Los Angeles, uh, one of these real life destinations, and they give you an overhead view of the general map of the land, including mountains, rivers, lakes, oceans. Uh, and they plop you down, zoomed way the fuck in at the start of the game, and they'll give you a house of a certain color and a couple of little buildings of a certain color and a bunch of roads, and you connect those roads from the houses to the buildings, and cars will come out of the little houses and will drive into the building, which has uh, little points building up over time, and every time a car comes in, they knock down one of those points. These are your score for the game, but they are also your fucking timer. Uh, because if a building, a workplace as it is, as it were, uh, builds up too many of these little markers, 
uh, a timer will activate, and if that timer runs out, the game ends, and whatever score you've got, that's as good as it gets. Uh, mm-hmm. The markers indicate a traffic buildup, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, they denote inefficiency. They <laughs> call mm. you out. Uh, the game can be paused uh, and also fast-forwarded. Uh, and as the game progresses, the map zooms out and more buildings are dotted around the lats- landscape. Sometimes, very inefficiently, they are placed all over the fucking place. Sometimes they are placed in such a random way that uh, depending on some games that you start up, you you actually can't win or can't proceed, so you'll have to start over. That might be something that will be you know, fine co- fine tooth combed out as as days go on. But uh, yeah, occasionally a building your your cars can spawn uh, on the other side of a river in a game where they don't give you any bridges. <laughs> um, is uh, the Los Angeles map playing this game on the hardest difficulty? That then? is actually your tutorial level, so no. Wow, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually a little harder if you've got um, to build tunnels through mountains and you've got rivers and lakes to cross. That's that's kind of where it builds up to. Uh I feel like that's almost dishonest, making Los Angeles the 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 easy place where you learn the ropes. I guess yes, I agree. I think that uh, maybe Rio de Janeiro is a little bit simpler, uh, which is about three or four maps in. Uh, I'd say Los Angeles is a perfect tutorial because it shows you how to fail quickly, <laughs> so you can move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, if you fail, uh, it resembles the real Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, yeah, because my score is lower in Los Angeles, the first level than in like Tokyo, for example. And Tokyo is swimming with lakes and, and water, mm. uh, but also has a lot of ways to build around. <laughs> uh, uh, so the game progresses on a weekly calendar. You have Monday to Sunday, and on Sundays you're given the option for two choices, uh, usually randomly picked each of which will give you road uh, of varying degrees and uh, a special feature. The special features are roundabouts, which mm-hmm. you which help a traffic, especially of two different colors of cars, have to use the same roads to get to different places. You put a roundabout in between mm-hmm. them and they can divide themselves up relatively neatly. Uh, traffic lights, which are used to just generally stop. You don't mistake them, actually. Uh, if you think that they help a bunch of different cars go use the same road network, they don't. Uh, they are used for specifically a <laughs> cross intersection and that alone. Um, if two cars mm-hmm. need to go in completely different directions, but they might crash into each other along the way. Uh, by the way, crashing cars do not explode or anything. They just slow the fuck down, which is, is as it. bad as you could imagine it being. <laughs> No, that's all the disaster. All you need to see is those little dots building up, and that's all the disaster you need to see. Like, your brain's going, fix this immediately! Exactly, exactly. And also, horrifyingly, as the thing zooms out, you might not notice these little disasters happening on a part of the map until it's way too late. Uh, So, it's a a stress ball of an experience, but it's very cathartic once nailed down. Other features you can get, bridges uh, help you build roads over water uh, 
tunnels help you build through caverns if you have a map that doesn't have any need for either of those you won't get them which is great um and uh most importantly most usefully motorways motorways give you a very very small increase of normal roads but can be placed essentially from any one space to any other space allowing you to make the perfect most elegant efficient systems from a to b as one can make Mm. uh these often also don't come completely uh problem free as they will then eventually merge with roads where other cars are in and will often lead from communities of one color into communities of another and finding the right balance is a hard-ass task but motorways if you get the option for them they are the best thing in the game that you can get to try and pause the game and work out which roads you do and don't need at all <laughs> sometimes you is there a is there a win condition or is it very much a, the same as the the the, the german game from last yeah, episode dorf romantic. Name it? <laughs> dorf romantic or is it sort of like an infinity until eventually the inefficiency builds up and then you lose no this is a this is an arcade game you are besting yourself you're besting your own ah. brain worms um Gotcha. You do have weekly and daily contests, each with their own high uh, high scoreboard. So it's uh, it's nice to test your abilities as you play, but uh, and uh, tune in for uh, different uh, mix-ups, which will often give you a map that you've already played. But they'll have different conditions, like you can't build through trees, or you get two bridges and that's it <laughs> on a mm-hmm. on a map that will have a lot of water. Uh, these games are usually designed to not go on forever and it will come hard limited to the fact that eventually you will need more bridges and you can't have them although of course motorways circumvent the need for bridges but can you get them fast enough can you ward off the inefficiency that long probably not uh i thought i would fucking hate this game uh i I downloaded on a whim because i happened to have a, a free subscription free six-month trial to apple arcade uh and this game first came out on apple arcade but it is now on steam and i heartily recommend it and i i i just tried it on a whim i was bored i was in a place where i was like i'll just do something on this ipad i don't have any games or it i never play games on these things and this comes recommended um and uh it took maybe two maps before I was hard hooked for it. Uh, I, I ended up sinking about 20 hours into it <laughs> and uh, just constantly chipping away at different maps, different infrastructures, getting better, finding out that the way that you want to play the game, which is to try and make the most interconnected web of cars run as efficiently as possible is the least, <laughs> least good in terms of the game's demands. Uh, where mm-hmm. you want to keep as many roads and as many factions of cars as separate from each other as possible to decrease di- uh, congestion in all its forms, even if if you looked at a real city, this would never happen. Uh, <laughs> basically, segregation is the way to get good at this game. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, naturally. <laughs> naturally. <laughs> Just like real Just life. Like... <laughs> Jesus. Uh... And uh, there's not much else to say. I... Don't worry, though. We'll be getting into more of that later. <laughs> Segregation. In the news segment. <laughs> like a bunch of mini motorways. Like, no, Matt. I, I mean it. I have nothing more to say about this game. Uh, it was really, really good. Don't be surprised if it's a, 
top 10 on Lee's fucking four hour long game of the year list. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I recommend it to everybody. And, uh, of the two I played for this segment, I'd say it's easily the one with the least qualms. I don't really, ha- I mean, the only other thing I could say about it that's like a qualm is that it's sometimes too random. Uh, but again, that's kind of the challenge and you do work with it most of the time and it works out fine. So I don't know what to tell you. It's just a goddamn good game. And uh, don't knock it because it's on iPad. Also, it's seven, eight pound on Steam. So just pay that. It can only get cheaper. <laughs> it seems like a, a pleasant couple of days diversion. It's more like uh, tune back in. Uh, almost like your, uh, your, your other Busman holiday games. You just tune back in when you're in the mood. You know, just mm-hmm. like any arcade game so you whenever you whenever you feel like man i could i could kill a few hours but i don't want to get i want to sink my teeth in too deep to a linear experience or or something that's going to fucking bust my brain you just give it two hours and see how good you can get and then move on with your life for the next month and forget it exists and that is my week at last <laughs> Whew. I feel like this this might be the one where it'll be the three-hour podcast post-editing. We'll have to see. I Almost certainly. Unless we can burn through the news. Let's find out. Burm. Burm, burm. Burm, 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 burm. Burm, burm, burm. Boom 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 news it's killing me. I'm really I'm reaching deep into the subconscious for this. Are you I feel like I know that one very shit, alright, tell me, tell me. Yeah, it's called T for two. No, I mean no I know that though. What's it from? Alright, alright. Never mind. For some reason I just have in my head it was like a Song from The Sims or something. Oh, very well may have been using The Sims. <laughs> All right, the news. Uh, well, I guess we should. We should, well, let's lead with Activision Blizzard lawsuit follow up, in which there is very little. Yeah, it's just a uh, they've they've gotten busted for destroying evidence wow. that they're legally permitted to preserve and hand over to the Lawrence, investigation. They've. The lawsuit has been expanded to include shredding of evidence. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, the they're fact not that busted. They, they just they, feel very confident in pursuing the fact that it has happened. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't add something like that there unless they were pretty confident they could nail it. I, I would imagine so. so. I, I tend the state of California might have something to say, some, some idea of what might go into such a suit. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, you, you know, this is, of course, running directly contrary to all the rhetoric they've been putting out about doing better. So I guess that shows you everything that you need to know about whether or not they were being genuine. <laughs> just in case, listener, if there it. was any doubts in <laughs> remaining in your head, yeah. Of course. Uh, On a related note, uh, McCree is getting his name that's changed. That's one. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> uh, I, I tell you what, though, uh, it's a good day to be a Overwatch voice actor. You're getting that money, re-recording all those lines to get the new name? <laughs> My name's Jesse something. <laughs> get that paycheck. Wait, was his name Jesse McCree? That was a little point, right? So it can't even be Jesse. Yes. 
Uh, no, it can't yeah. be. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> My name's Clint Beastwood. <laughs> the uncontroversial vigor of Clint Eastwood. <laughs> the name's Bill. Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it, uh, it it does amuse me that he is now officially the man with no name, at least for now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's actually good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, that's a really funny story. I um, two two sad things is that the uh, references to Jesse McCree in World of Warcraft are apparently also being removed, according to I think it was Bloomberg, and mm-hmm. the or no, it was the New York Times, <laughs> one or the other. Uh, real magazines are involved ah, in games and uh the other thing is what has, has this ever happened before uh and like i'm a, sure a, it has i guess maybe you know the only other franchise i can think of that has been so dogged with that may have went on long enough to regret the people involved with it, or uh, or i should say the company involved with it went on to go on so long to be full of assholes but also make other stuff might be like Star Wars or something, like in that expanded universe. They're like, well, oh no, we can't have anything of that. I don't know. Like, I, I guess it's the it's the most high profile example of this. Yeah, like uh, I mean, it's I it's guess... like it's just so so far gone. You know, like the they've went so far with this character being Colt McCree that to whitewash the idea that that's the name of the character is just so. Absurd in a sense. Not that um, what's not going that I'm to be against really... it. I just like I, I'm just shocked. It's such a wild take. What I'm going to be real interested in seeing is that you know, let's just say they do arrive upon a new name and then they implement that. Are people just going to call him McCree? Yeah, that's that's my query. Because I, because you know, you know, when I over, <laughs> whenever I go over to your house <laughs> and I sit down and I glance over the Overwatch League that you're going, I'm going to go. Oh hey, uh, you know McCree's pushing because I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, what's his new name? I don't care. <laughs> like it's it's not it's Donald. Not, it's not like it's not like people's feelings have been preserved by this change in any meaningful way. People are suggesting that they call him Mercer because that's a cool name. Also, Matt Mercer, who I think voices him, but. Uh, uh, unfortunately, a Blizzard's new policy is no more naming it after people <laughs> that work for them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cosby, Cosby, Cosby. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. See, the case is building up. If he's if he's a little too uh, close to the vein, <laughs> but he didn't work for them. Uh, uh. Okay. Let's let's talk about something else. Gamescom is happening. Actually, currently happening. Ooh. Yes, I uh, didn't watch it. <laughs> Me neither, but I have news from it. And I... Great, let's move on. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, just a couple of games were announced uh, of mild interest, including a Saints Row reboot, which had a very convincing CG trailer and no gameplay. Uh, mm-hmm. No game, no hype. Uh, also, Fire Axes are on the Marvel train these days. They're taking their XCOM knowledge onto something called Marvel's Midnight Sun. So, and that that sounds like it could work. Yeah, I, I believe so. Oh, but uh, I guess only as long as it's like Captain America and Black Widow, and I guess all the non superpowers. Uh, well, it's Avengers. not going to be, It's the exact opposite. It seems to be going for uh, from. Well, we don't have any gameplay, so I don't know what to tell you. But um, I guess with all the crazy superpower people, including Ghost Rider and Blade and. 
and Wolverine and Iron Man involved, I'm going to assume it's going to be something either like Mario and Rabbits or Mm -hmm. it's going to be like Diablo, (laughs) one or the other. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Because if they're leveraging the XCOM talent, then you know I can see that where uh, yeah f- that would work for all the the superheroes who would hold a gun or like a projectile of some kind, yeah. and not ones like you know who fire rocket fists and can fly and or bulletproof. I'm afraid all of them strange. are in there, so they're going to have to explain that away. <laughs> okay, uh, just a, I, I I can't imagine the Hulk taking cover behind a chest high wall. Because there wouldn't be any chest high walls big enough to cover yeah, the whole. That's fair, and he doesn't seem to be on the roster, so you might, you might be right on that level. Uh, mm-hmm. Other things include other things announced include director Death Standing director's cut is uh, showing off like fucking jetpacks and crap that destroy the game <laughs> from start to or the intention of the game. So don't know what to say. I mean, I'm sure so long as they're late game, then it's not an issue. It's like uh, you know. Items in Metal Gear Solid Five near the end of the research tree that are like, man, this trivializes a couple of things. Mm. Huh? Like, did you get the the arm of Jehuti, the hand of Jehuti? In what? In Metal Gear Solid Five? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Uh, it, it's, it's a replacement for your prosthetic okay. arm. It uh, it gives you the is wisp. Is it the wisp ability from Zone of the Enders Two? I can't remember. It's a one where you can uh, you can aim your fist at a guard and it shoots them, and if they're within range, it automatically teleports them directly in front of you, so you can see you see oh, them. Oh, nice! It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, put a cooldown on that. That could have been fun in game. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, what else was there? Uh, it's a good weekend or good week for April O'Neil. Who's both in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the, Shredder's Revenge, the new upcoming beat 'em up that looks great. Also, and she's in the 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 new Smash. Yeah, Club, yeah, Nickelodeon All Stars Brawl is that the name of it? Uh, that, that, you, sure. Which, May as which well one be. is the PlayStation one? <laughs> Where is the line? Um, yes, she's in that. As is Cat Dog was announced. <laughs> Which uh, good choice, good choice, great. But also, like, I'm watching it. Like, how does this character work? <laughs> Which side do you play? Uh, you can play two player on the one character. Would, yeah, basically, your ice climbers. Nobody's going to pick this character unless they turn out to be a crazy uh, duck hunt duo character who just happens to have all the best moves for their unique weirdness. You know, it hadn't occurred to me that they would actually do this, but they're actually unveiling new characters Smash style, and I'm pretty pleased yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I think it's, st- still got my it's fi- cheeky. Still, <laughs> it is. I still got my fingers crossed for Angry Beavers, we'll have to see. I, yeah, I think if Cat Dog's in there, I don't see why a Angry Beaver can't be in there. <laughs> what if, uh, we, we got a really pull here, what about Cow and Chicken? That's or is Cartoon that, Network. Is that, that's Cartoon Network, Cartoon Network, I thought so. Yeah, there's gonna be some deep pool that they can really, really. Yeah, it's go hard for. to say. They already be. have "Hey, Real Monsters," a show no one enjoyed. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, I only watched that because it was the one that came on before Invader Zim. Yeah, right. So like, <laughs> Doug. What if Doug Funny is in this game? I will give it to you. If Doug's in there, that would be something. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a good one. That's a good pull. Uh, 
the last thing I can think of that has been thrown out here is uh, a Blasphemous sequel has been announced. Oh, really? Yeah, they said they're already firmly in, into, into work on it. This was announced next to... I believe they were showing off footage of the of the DLC you mentioned on your episode that was yet to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were showing off footage of how that's going, but in the, in the presentation they also announced that they're hard at work at a follow up, uh, and the, that that's in full production. So pretty fucking exciting. Lots of people very I excited am about that. Quite excited by that. Blasphemous was really good, but uh, it was the gameplay was clunky in a couple of key ways, and uh, I hope they took on the feedback they got from the first one. That could be really something very special. Yeah. Make it more fucked up if you can. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a sequel. You have to. <laughs> Get, mm-hmm. They can go the uh, Dead Dead Space Two route, more accessible. I, I <laughs> I'm not sure if that was more. F- Dead Space Two was good. I think Dead Space Three is the one you want to be angling for there. I just like to just like to throw out controversial opinions that I don't have and see what happens. <laughs> uh-huh, it's like a, it's like a Wojak meme. You just tossing out like opinions that are really easy to just like not care about. And I have to sit here and process debate nuance them. with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alright, what, what, what do you got, Lawrence? Uh, speaking of name changes, I'm calling back to the McCree one from earlier. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Gamma Sutra is rebranding. Ooh, interesting. They're rebranding themselves to Game Developer. That's the name of the new publication. Man, that that name sucks. <laughs> it does kind of suck. But I get, however, I get how they Tim want to Rogers, move away from Gamma Sutra, though. <laughs> Tim, Tim Rogers provided a, an interesting insight into this, which I thought was very uh, insightful. Uh, and it was, um, yes, Game Developer sounds very default. But you must understand from a journalist standpoint, having a microphone and saying that you're coming from gamedeveloper.com rolls off the tongue really well and sounds very authoritative. Yeah, I can see that. I also, what's the, what's, what's the old fashioned, like, um, Nintendo? It does also, it's got it also, it, game developer also sounds like a, a very old fashioned, uh, like actual yeah, magazine. Yeah, real magazine, see. yeah. I no, I I agree. Once once you parse it for a second, you realize yes, it's not flashy, but it's it's good. It uh, it's got ethos. Yeah, exactly. It's it's you know, it's like the Financial Times. Nothing in it, uh, but it is what it is. And um, I I it, it does also have the sort of Nintendo Power esque vibe of just blatantly about games. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, it does. It does feel very old worldy, which is probably something we kind of need—a centralized game outlet that isn't IGN. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gamma Sutra has already been that for quite a while, and I guess they're they're just pulling in that direction a little harder. So, all right, fair enough. Pretty cool. Uh, supposedly, Game Developer was the name of a publication that Gamma Sutra originally spun off from. So oh. uh, maybe it's a return to roots. There's some brainworms in it after all. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, uh, when I read this news, I remember like people from Gamma Sutra or f- who formerly worked for Gamma Sutra, apparently quite happy about it because they. It never occurred to me that the name Gamma Sutra might be embarrassing. Oh yeah, deeply so. I mean, like I mean, it. It did not even occur to me. I thought, why would you be embarrassed by Gamma Sutra? What? What? Because it sounds like Kama Sutra. Is that it? Is that all? 
Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> you, like, try explaining that to somebody who has no idea what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Just don't. That's what I would do. Hi, uh, my name's John, and I work for Gamma Sutra. It's like, look, we don't, <laughs> we don't take your dark net <laughs> interviews here, buddy. I've got a, I've got a lanyard. Get out of <laughs> here. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh. Speaking of institutions continuing in the world of games, uh, that's a that's that's come on, man. You can that's the most tenuous one we've had so far. Look, man, I never said I was good at this. I don't know. You started this trend. We just roll with it. I'm not good at this. We're free hours. We're free hours and seven minutes into this podcast, listeners, and you can tell we're starting to fray at the edges. <laughs> It wouldn't have made a difference. We could put the news first and I would have said that exact same thing. Um, Sage 2021. Yeah, that's right. What I said was a lead up to Sage 2021. Uh, Happened. Uh, For those who don't know, Sage is the Sonic Amateur Gaming Expo. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I saw the, the, was it the Sonic Smackdown? I did see that one, the fighting game. Yeah, that looked good. I actually, I didn't get around to that, but I did play a few. I, I wanted to I, I wanted to say my my favorite three of the bunch, uh, as 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 a as a sort of proof that I was there. <laughs> one the first one I played was called Sonic Rush 3D. Uh, it's as it sounds, it's Sonic Rush put into a 3D sense. It has the gameplay controls of Sonic Rush and the level design of Sonic Rush mixed in with a bit of Sonic Unleashed, and. Uh, and the aesthetic of Sonic Rush, which I thought was really fucking cool. Uh, it keeps that, that blocky DS look with rough textures, and I think it looks great. So That's a great aesthetic. Yeah, I do yeah, like that so a lot. There's nothing wrong with that. Plus, it just uses straight up uses the music of Sonic Rush, aka one of video games' greatest soundtracks. So uh, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a great experience, uh, and by that I mean it, it was a very rough experience, but a great concept, and it was cool to see after all these years of following this the 3D concepts that look and sound cool even if they don't play well being realized engines like um, Unity and stuff that are making it easier to share assets and so on a lot of these are coming out better from the start of the process than they ever were when I was following this stuff day to day so and if I had been in the scene and shit like this was coming out I would have stopped worrying about the next Sonic game coming out because a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. is easily as good as whatever a lot of it's a lot better in fact than a lot of the shit fucking sonic team are gonna spin out these days do you do you not remember the conversations we would have back in the day on no more blue and uh go ha 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 what a complete lack of perspective we had back then funny <laughs> bitching and moaning comparing it to crash and Mario games at the time saying, well, they can do this. Why can't we do this? And we go, it doesn't matter in the end. None of this matters. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at footage of this and it looks fantastic. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it really striking. Uh, <laughs> so I recommend people checking it out. You can download all of these that I mentioned, by the way. There's a demo up for all of them. The next one, <laughs> which it was for me, uh, was something called Sonic Riders X, which is... This was the one I had heard of, of the bunch, besides Sonic Smackdown, because uh, I saw footage of this and I went, you know, this is this is just, yeah, the good shit. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Riders X looks amazing. 
And here's something that's hard to pin down in a lot of these games. It feels fucking right. Uh, it is rough around every single edge as you play it. Like there are just chunks of levels missing and sort of shorthanded for the experience. And I'm not sure if all the characters that you can play as have their abilities active. But when it comes to how it feels to fucking use these airboards and do tricks and stuff like that, it feels exactly how I remember it, but shinier and nicer and with new maps and new things to look at. And are these uh, are these new assets, completely new assets made from scratch? I I guess they must be on some level. Uh cuz there's or are they uh, are they remastered assets from uh that 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 they go through the game files for the original Sonic Riders and just well, go they must, let's res these up. They must have. They must have because uh the levels are note for note exactly how I remember them but shiny. Um, yeah, I was about to say, man, this is way too good to be like this is from like scratch, actual like yeah, si- developer time required. A. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, even just down to just amazing sand flowing effects is clearly some sort of engine you can pour into it from Unity these days. But it's it's it works in exactly the way you want it to feel when you were playing the original. Uh, they've managed to do the exact same vibe while also gussing everything up it's fucking crazy um i think um, i I, I never really talked about it but i I am a huge fan of the original sonic writers i used to play it to death and uh it's just great to see somebody doing something with the concept i I Mm. don't feel like it was ever too bad a concept and just not live on its own as a side project and get entries now and then uh but it died with the connect (laughs) Rightly so. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I played the the budget version of this game, which was the Sonic Robo Blast Two Sonic Riders mod. Oh yeah, how'd that go? It was pretty good. Yeah. Although, uh, you know, you had trouble getting multiplayer games going. It's a, but I enjoyed it for what it was. It's 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 a challenging game because there was a lot, almost too much for a racing game to juggle, including like you had to m- micromanage your boost, which was your error file, uh, with mm-hmm. tricks and following people's slipstreams. Uh, which meant taking time out of the race to build up your boost meter to keep in the race, and if you burned it all down, you'd end up on foot, which meant you had to find an air station. Sucks. Often super inconvenient. It's terrible. Uh, I don't agree. I think that's hard punishment for not managing, but the problem is it is not friendly to newcomers, and a lot of the people we played at the time just didn't have the patience to get into it which i agree mm-hmm. it could have fucking teased it itself in a little easier but it just went straight on out saying i'm a, i'm a, i'm an old fa-. It, it just came out the door saying i'm an old-fashioned fucking sega arcade experience and uh you're gonna have to deal with that and uh didn't didn't make any qualms leaving people behind which is a shame because it's a, a really fulfilling experience otherwise when i came out of the your house to play it i find it very difficult to keep up <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you, you, you came in when everybody else... It's one of those things, like, coming late to the the new Smash game. <laughs> you know, you just... Everybody's got their new character, and everybody's figured out the controls and shit like that. And Everyone's already a killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just feels bad to be a part of that experience. The uh, Sonic Riders, I managed to get a handful of people to play the game well, and, uh, and we were content to play it. And it was always up in the air who would actually win because it was fucking hard <laughs> like a hard ass game to play 
but um yeah no i mean I, it's a game that i'm glad can live on in some aspects and i think if they manage to fucking pull this shit off i mean i'd be happy i'd be happy just to have fucking sonic riders on pc on some level fuck it Hmm. uh the other game easiest one to recommend easily the most polished it's got about four or five stages in is sonic triple trouble 16 bit uh sonic triple trouble for those who don't know was a original game gear game came out post sonic and knuckles i think because knuckles is in it include also knack the weasel and or fang the sniper whichever you prefer um Mm -hmm. Uh, who were your main antagonists in the game and uh, generally believed to be one of like a great concept that wasn't super fulfilling when played on the Game Gear as far as I'm aware. I've never actually played it now that I think about it, uh, but I played it in the 16-bit version. No, I've never version. touched a Game Gear game. What? You never played any of them? I mean, I mean, like, they're packaged into some of the other compilations. Some of them are good. <laughs> I I might have played like one of the Fantasy Stars if that was even on the Game Gear. Probably not. It's too big for it. The original was a Master System, so it would feel like that. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. Uh, is maybe was the uh, was the, the Sonic Pinball on the Master on the Game Gear? I believe so. There was a port, but the original was on the Mega Drive. No, uh, as far as I was concerned, the, the Game Gear games were just like, hey, would you like to play Sonic 2, but worse in every way? Yeah. Uh, I, I will pass. I, Thank I, you. I, I, the thing about them, which was, I think, now long gone, I guess, is that they were all their own games. <laughs> they mm-hmm. completely different. And some of them quite good, including the original Sonic the Hedgehog for Master System slash Game Gear. It's really, really good. And fuck y'all, Sonic Labyrinth, uh played that last year when I tried to be a streamer for a day and uh, mm-hmm. beat it in a sitting and I had a fucking great time. Again, it used to hate it. Used to think it was terrible and then just sat down, realized it's not bad, it's just hard and also its branding is terrible, admittedly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and also bad. <laughs> it's not bad though. It's really, really good. Uh, it, it, oh, I'm I'm looking at footage now, and I do recognize this. I think I did on one of the, you know, one of the many many compilation collections. I did play this briefly, just long enough for me to go. I, I I'm not interested, and then stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's fair. Uh, it's actually very good. <laughs> fuck Fuck all. Fuck off, everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Sonic Triple Trouble. Never got around to that one. I don't know. It must not have been on one of the compilations or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, I I played a bunch of these games and maybe all of them at this point and uh, uh, usually agreed they're not nearly up to snuff compared to the mainline entries on, on, the, on the modern consoles. Uh, but Triple Trouble 16-bit, the, the fan game remake with uh looks slick as hell looks first of all fucking gorgeous and also has Mm. the both carried on improvements from sonic mania including the drop dash uh also uh scene transit level transitions like from sonic 3 and or knuckles uh i just saw this guy actively change from controlling sonic to controlling tails mid-level that's pretty cool cool mechanic yeah you can press at any point to change between the two characters i'm not sure if that was in the original game i kind of feel like it must have been but uh uh, again cool and it looks good i will say this which you just don't get 
in these both either fan games or even games of the Game Gear era, the level design is fucking incredible. And I'm not sure how much they've changed uh, as they've re up this this fan game or if they've just taken it verbatim. But uh, I can't imagine if they would change it that much. The uh, not only have they kept on some of the weird mechanics that were never seen in previous 2D Sonic games, which were so much fucking fun, like little grappling hooks and wheelies and stuff like that that I've never seen in a Sonic game before. But I just felt like the flow to the game was super fucking good. You just got a good run on. You got uh, you just it, it just felt that flow, that nice flow that you only get when a game is the one of the Sonic games is well designed when the levels feel nice to play. You know, it's like you just feel like there's if there's an interruption, it's because you fucked up on some level, and uh, and or you didn't react fast enough, and uh, you know you, you learn to very quickly anticipate the the jumps and the dives and the falls, and I felt like it all came very natural playing it, and it it just flowed nicely. I'd say one only thing, and I don't know if it's because it adheres to the game in its original iteration, the characters feel slightly too heavy. Um, Otherwise, it's fucking fantastic. So, uh, yeah, hearty recommendation. Like, just in a general, it's it's got like the demo for it has like four levels, uh, including some really good boss fights. One that kicked my ass like two times before I beat it, um, including the bonus stage as well. I can see them looking at that, yep. and that looks good too. Exactly. Yeah. Again, they have one of the little bonus stages. I don't even. I couldn't. I just feel like it couldn't have been in the original. It just doesn't feel like the, the Game Gear could have handled it because uh, it was it, it, they they basically taken a spin on one of the Sonic Three bonus stages, uh, and uh, it's a cool twist to uh, establish formula, and I like it. And it's got all that Sonic Mania vibes that people might crave, given it's been four fucking years uh, since that came mm -hmm. out, and there's nothing else going, <laughs> so. Uh, if you uh, crave and linger in agony between Sonic releases like I do, uh, <laughs> you're out. Anything else, Lawrence? Any news? Oh, yes. Sorry, I was just... I'm going to turn this footage off. It's too mesmerizing. It's too bad, yeah. Too beautiful. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Call of Duty Vanguard has a disc size of, uh, get this, uh, 270 gigabytes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And uh, the tie-in, to tie-in to our earlier bit about Activision, uh, Activision has been removing their logo from the promotional material as an implicit admission that their name is now Poison. Wow. <laughs> I'm mostly impressed that you read anything that said Call of Duty in the headline and bothered to look. <laughs> well, uh, mostly because uh, I went like, this game has a disc size of 270 gigabytes. That's like, mad. Uh, do you recall uh, previous the the last time a topic this topic came up? I suggested half-heartedly that there was a conspiracy theory that <laughs> they were attempting to monopolize people's disk space in order to prevent you from playing other games. That I feel is look beginning to look more and more likely as this happens. Yeah, because I feel like um, they they. Ended up taking down the disc size for a while there on the Call of Duty War Warzone, only as a <laughs> only to to tear conspiracy theorists about the real admission that the next Call of Duty was going to take up their entire hard drive and then some. They're on to you, Lawrence. Mm-hmm. 
knock the knock and talk teams are on their way. They've been dispatched. <laughs> Whatever you call them, Wilhelm, Wilmer. Oh, Wilmer Hale. Wilmer Hale. Yeah, they're on their way. Uh-huh. <laughs> Get Mister Everard in the horn. He'll help me. Let's see. Uh, oh, did you hear the Dead by Daylight news? Uh, no. Speaking of promotional material having things stripped from it, uh, the Stranger Things characters will no longer be available for purchase from Dead by Daylight, and uh, the map will be permanently removed after November 17th. How how conspicuous. So uh, the Demogorgon's being taken out, and the, the Hawkins Laboratory level, that's also being taken out. I've also seen that the Stranger Things game that was released on the Switch has been... Uh, delisted, I believe. Mm. Let me requalify that. Uh, and uh, no guesses as to why. Oh, maybe one uh, guess. It's 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 almost certainly because uh, they think that the license is hot shit now, and they it's too good for uh. these Pudong video games, and they'd like to do the wrong thing with it. Uh, uh, I feel like this is a this was a risk that they were taking by licensing like you know topical. Hot, hot licenses. So well, I've got, yeah, I've got a, sim- I mean, I've it, got a simpler it, answer. Um, I've got, I've got a more direct answer, I should say. Okay. Uh, remember, we may have talked once or twice about uh, Netflix's step into gaming. Oh yes, okay. So they're drawing up the the portcullis, or they're, mm-hmm. and they're keeping all their IPs close to their chest. Then apparently, Netflix have stepped forward and they are testing a Stranger Things game. In its Android app, uh, which, you know, the Netflix Android app, which uh, is the Stranger Things 3 game that was Mm. previously released on Steam and Nintendo Switch. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to stay there. I can't see any confirmation whether it's being removed or not from either of those services, but it seems... I I know for sure that it's being removed from Xbox um, Game Pass and uh it seems like they're you know rounding the hounds as such and uh getting everything in order because they're going to come out the gates with whatever they have already touched probably that um <laughs> that dark crystal game as well will be uh accessible via their uh, their 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 the Netflix app from here on oh they're making a dark crystal game oh it's already been out did you you not see this it was Released with the new Netflix show Age of Resistance. Oh, I see. Oh, I thought they were making a new one. I was like, really? They cancelled the show and then they're making a new video game? That seems strange. Yeah, no, no. Anyway, uh, the people are wondering, oh, well, can you not just make uh, an Urzatz of the Demogorgon? Call it the, the Blemoblorgon? <laughs> yeah, sure. And have that chase you around? But uh, I don't think that they're allowed to do that. I don't think they'll be able to, get, they'll be able to swing that. Maybe they'll be able to introduce a character that's just legally distinct enough that they'll be able to get away with it. But uh, the uh, the human characters that were introduced in the Hawkins Laboratory, probably not. They probably won't be able to keep no, that. The, the, they'll be gone. Uh, yeah. What a shame. But also a timely remember, uh, reminder of uh, licensed material in these crossover games, which are becoming more and more prevalent. Mm-hmm. All is not to they last. Should, mm-hmm. They should be doing... They should be... Well, I mean, they seem to be focusing more on the old licenses that nobody seems to care about because they brought in Hellraiser and I, so that's cool. They've been, yeah, they've been, they've been chugging away at the old, the old horror canon. 
uh, which mm-hmm. every everyone's dad is thrilled to see. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, it's uh, it's it's gotten into this weird situation where uh, they've brought in who was it? It was Leverface, uh-huh. which is uh, a, a huge get for them. That I'm very impressed. But uh, they already have like one of the starting killers, the hillbilly. Is a crazy hillbilly with a chainsaw who wears like human skin, and it's very clearly meant to be an ersatz for Leverface. But then they actually just got Leverface, <laughs> so it's like, ah, uh, well, I mean, oh, how embarrassing! We brought the same attire to the prom, uh, you know. Well, I'm, you know, I'm still gonna pay one fifty for the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the only one that they're probably never gonna get is Jason because uh, Jason got his own game. Also, the Jason license is like trapped in this terrible limbo oh, because multiple yeah, people are right. fighting over, over the, the fighting rights of the 13 Friday the 13th game in itself let alone licensing the character out elsewhere probably not on the cards uh, yeah but they, you know they've got pyramid head <laughs> that'll do <laughs> yeah he's cool speaking of um, license <laughs> license crossovers in modern video games no that, that's good that, that's, that's good enough that's, <laughs> Fortnite's latest edition. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Martin Luther King exactly Jr. exactly the kind of thing I like to see. Joins the fray. Uh, jo- joins the battle bus. <laughs> Jesus. That's not true, of course. He's not on the battle bus. No, of course not. Uh, was it a Times magazine? Like, yes. I, what I wanted to know was... This was a joint venture between Times Magazine, Time Magazine. and uh, Time Magazine and a number of uh, Fortnite community creators. Sure, it's got the public well, backing of Epic Games. Like they're they're involved on some level. I mean, I'm sure it has the 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 implicit prim- like uh, like it's approval. It's right on the it's right Epic, on the menu. Uh, you know, like it's. I really want. I was really uncertain as to how involved Epic was with this. Because did they initiate this, <laughs> or or was it like a separate thing that was brought to their attention? And they were like, "Hell yeah, why not stick it in?" Because uh, I think it's the second thing, and my opinion on this is very dependent on how much Epic themselves initiated. Because if they did, then my opinion on it is soured immediately. Mm-hmm. You know what immediately sours my opinion on it is uh, your boy Tim Sweeney. Uh, having okay. having compared the fight between Epic and Apple as akin to the civil rights movement. <laughs> yes, that is exactly why I'm thinking about that, because if it was initiated by Epic and Tim, then, uh, well, right away in my head, I'm like, this is dumb, throw it out, it's garbage, <laughs> disgusting. But uh, if it was just Time Magazine and uh, the Fortnite community creators teaming up, and then Epic just sort of tacitly went... Yeah, I'm endorsing this. Sure, you know, free publicity. Then that's that's relatively harmless. Uh, so, oh, uh, listener, before you ask, Martin Luther King himself is not a skin or character <laughs> no. or whatever, and uh, therefore is not eligible for Smash. Believe, in case that <laughs> they've deactivated guns in the museum, I believe, which uh, probably a, a good call. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they have not deactivated the, uh, the the tips on the loading screen, so if you're entering the MLK <laughs> section, you can still receive a helpful uh, bit of information, letting you know that headshots do do extra damage. Aim for aim for the head, it says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also, 
uh, only only an hour ago did they finally uh, disable emotes, which yes. what a so grand after the oversight. Predictable slew, <laughs> after the predictable slew of memes where Rick Sanchez would default <laughs> dance to I have the I have a dream speech, the <laughs> emotes were restricted to only a few of the exhibit specific ones. This is so fucking awful. <laughs> Oh God, this is so funny. This is great. <laughs> I feel like this was the news story that really challenged me in the sense of, am I out of touch? <laughs> <laughs> because if this is how you connect to the kids, then I'm all for it. Shit, but I don't get it. But I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the intended audience for this. And I can't imagine an audience that is. Uh, I, I, a correction, by the way, that it is not on the main screen. It's a, uh, it's, it's another code. So it actually doesn't seem to have the tacit approval of uh, Epic Games. Okay, so that is a relief. Uh, that means that uh, we can assume it is in good faith, albeit clumsy. Clumsy faith. And uh, on that basis, I'm tentatively in favor of it, I guess. I mean, if they can't meme in front of the I I had a dream speech, uh, it's probably harmless enough. (laughs) I mean, uh, we should probably clarify what it is. Uh, According to my understanding of it, it's it's just a map, a a pacifistic map where you can wander around some kind of like... Washington, uh, D.C., I believe. Yeah, it's like a it's basically a digital museum exhibit regarding the civil rights movement. It plays uh, uh, footage that- of the time. It's got photos and information all over the place. Oh my god! When you pick the uh, when you watch the YouTube video, the next recommended video is Mecca Morty. <laughs> mm-hmm, naturally, uh, how do you unlock? It- <laughs> Fuck. All in all, it seems harmless enough. Yes, I would yes. say. I mean, uh, you know, if, if if some kids go into it for the May maze and then they end up learning something, then I guess that was a win. Absolutely. It's <laughs> only too good. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the children who are wrong. I know. I was thinking the same thing. But I, I was thinking about that meme, but it's not even a purple, because no. it wasn't the children's idea, it was fucking yeah. Time Magazine's yeah. idea. Am I out of touch, or is it Time Magazine? The answer is both. <laughs> Almost certainly. Oh my god. <laughs> That's uh, the DC-63 digital Martin Luther King Jr. exhibit in Fortnite, folks. Yep. March through time. It wasn't in the 2021 uh, bingo uh, <laughs> sheet, but there you Somebody go. Somebody had it. Mm-hmm. Somebody had it in their in their in their chaos bingo. Uh, so somebody picked pick that in the roulette wheel, and I hope it's paying <laughs> off for them. <laughs> well, Lords, oh. any other news? Sorry, you're going to say something. Speaking of, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to let the transition here be implied, and uh, not actually said out loud. Uh, so, you'll be pleased to hear, Lee, that the zombies on Back for Blood are no longer dropping N-bombs. That's good. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, for, any, for anyone wondering, the reason why that was is because the and sound effects were being played too close to one another. Uh-huh. Uh, that's about as quickly in succession I'm prepared to say those well done, two sound tasteful. effects. Well I'll not edit that any closer. Uh-huh. Thank you. Thank, please, thank you for not ruining my life, Lee. You're welcome. Thank you for not cancelling me. <laughs> I would never cancel you. I would just let the masses do their job. Mm-hmm. Let nature take its course. Uh-huh. Uh, that's all. That's all I really have to say about that <laughs> story. I thought that it, it made for it made for a, a serendipitous follow-up. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think, Time Magazine? <laughs> Anything else? I'm completely out. Nope. That, I mean, uh, we've been seeing new stuff about Pokemon Legends. Apparently they fixed the, oh, the frame rate that's nice, but yeah, I know. Whatever. <laughs> they didn't fix any of the fucking graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trees. <laughs> I really don't want to get into it. <laughs> Nobody wants to get into it. I don't even think the people into it are genuinely into it. Game Freak certainly don't want to get into <laughs> of it. Of course they don't. Give them the money and fuck off. <laughs> All right. Three and a half hour podcast. podcast? <laughs> let's, yeah. let's call it. Yes, please. <laughs> End me. <laughs>